Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Good morning out there, sports fans. Welcome to the next episode of the Sports Offensive. I hope your weather is as nice as ours. It is a bright blue sky. It is a warm week this week, about 70 degrees yesterday. And don't despair, though. We are uh, projected to get snow a week from today. So uh, things should go back into a good direction soon. But, uh, hey, it's about time for softball. It's definitely time for Major League Baseball. I'm sure you've become aware. And we've got the big Final Four showdowns happening later today. Across the table from me, I've got JP up from our veranda studios. JP, how was the drive? Drive was absolutely phenomenal this morning. I uh, saw a lot, of, a lot of cops the past two days down on the roads. The mountains were looking fantastic. Uh, I got to tell you, it was great driving up here again. I, I always love to drive and get to look at the mountains all the way, all the way up here. And you know, I love giving you a little, um, little basic schooling and some wiring <laughs> technology over here on the soundboard and your headset there. You know how this little, little. No, no one can see what I'm doing here, but it's a little rotation of this little uh, piece well, that splits your wire there. Imagine you have you have headphones, left and right headphones, and it's got a little <laughs> scale on it so you can open the wider the wires and or or bring them close. I had no idea we could do this on our, our studio headphones, and that makes things a thousand times easier <laughs> to plug into my amplifier. So thank you for showing me that. Hey, no <laughs> problem. That's what, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> it's probably not nearly as funny to me on the radio because you don't see what we're looking at. But I just I had no no clue that I could do that. And that hey, just that, you know I got I got I got to send a shout out to the Houston Rockets with over ten minutes to go. They were playing the Knicks last night. They were up by thirty nine points. All five starters left the bench and went in the locker room and never returned to the court. Wow. Shout out to the Rockets because I hate New York. Wow. And if, if, if the guys that were listening that I met yesterday, the one's a Mets fan, if he's listening, I'm sorry, guy. I'm sorry, man. You know, I, you, you saw my Phillies hat. <laughs> you, 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 read it, you read it on Facebook, man. I, I, I'm a Philly guy. Well, I think we've got, uh, what, two games left, right? So today and tomorrow in the NBA, and then the playoffs will be set, right? Uh, I, think it's 70, I think the Nuggets have 79 games played. So you only get 81, if I remember right. 81 or 82. Uh, no, it's got to be 81. 82. Right? It's 82? That's what I thought it was. Yep. It's 82 and high. Oh, okay. I thought it was half of the baseball season, which is 162. So no. that's why I thought it was 81. Um, 82. So Hockey and basketball are 82. Gotcha. You got kind of a, a hollow sound there. Are you ways away from your phone? or? Oh, I was on speakerphone. Is that better? Ah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's better. quite a bit sharper. I, yeah. I was saying it, it sounded yeah, like you were okay. talking to the megaphone like a cheerleader there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> got to get you to fire up that Bluetooth, man. That'll make your life easier. <laughs> um, so uh, we got Nate on uh, location, or uh, I guess on location. On location. Right on, uh, on, on location down in. Down on the western side of our studios. <laughs> on location in my bed. <laughs> oh, oh no! Like whoa! Night. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> well, let me, no play-by-play now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep it clean. Uh, keep this one. Talk show. Well, we are not live. If I did play-by-play, play, it would only last three or four seconds anyway. So. <laughs> oh, poor Carl. <laughs> oh. All righty. So, uh, actually, before we forget, why don't we just jump jump right into that. Uh, 
the sports offensive trivia question because I've I've got some guesses and I'm, I'm okay. Be anxious, anxious to see if I get close. I, I I think you guys might get this one. This is this is a pretty interesting question because uh, Bryce just jacked uh, Bryce Harper just jacked another home run uh, that went over 455 feet the other night. Um, <clears throat> so out of active players, Bryce Harper is number two in homers over 455 feet with four. There is one person ahead of him. Name that person and how many he has. So that's so the sports I've, offensive trivia question of the week. I've got four guesses. Okay. So we'll see if I'm close at all. Nate, do yeah. you think that you might know the answer to that one? Possibly. I've got a few guesses. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Dehydrated this morning. Uh, who isn't dehydrated on a Saturday morning? <laughs> so uh, if you're out there listening to us, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, it always helps us out. If you can go to Facebook and like us or go to Twitter and follow us, uh, we're at the, on both under the handle at the SPT offensive. And when I say at, I mean the at symbol. Uh, you can find us on Instagram under the handle the sports offensive with underscores between the words. You can head to our station website at thesportsoffensive.com. You can learn about us, our shows, and listen to current and prior episodes, again, at thesportsoffensive.com. You can always catch us live via the Blog Talk Radio player on our site. And check us out on demand on Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and as an iTunes podcast. we like to thank our show supporters, Idiot Cult T-Shirts, Health Guru EK Fit with... I always it, it's Eddie is it Eddie Kramer Ernie Kramer Ernie Kramer I'm mm-hmm. sorry about that Ernie I er, Ernie's wrong. probably out there fishing right now today. Wow, a great day for it. Well, yeah, fishing, now wait a minute. Fishing I heard, season opened up. I think trout season opened up uh, last week in PA. So now I heard that it, there's some really severe weather possibly out like in parts of the country and, and obviously not here because not here. it's just gorgeous. No, there there is there there definitely is. I, I didn't watch the uh, the news this morning. I was watching Sports Center uh, when I woke up. You know, I love fishing, but I have got to have the worst luck in the world in terms of getting bites. <laughs> okay. I, can, I can be between two people that catch seven fish, and I won't get a single bite. It's weird. Like, it, like you know, and, you know, the lines in the same yeah, area so, yeah. and everything, and I don't even it's get bites. It's all about like, presentation. <laughs> I guess. I mean, they've tried to help me, but it just never seems to work out. But uh, it is a, I mean, it's, it's very enjoyable, like nice yeah. and peaceful. Oh, yeah. You know. I, I used to fish with my dad all the time when I was younger. And I just, uh, I just kind of stopped when I started playing sports just because I didn't have the time. Yeah. I, I can't afford the equipment. That, that's yeah, my biggest that's problem. The other thing too. And a nice fly rod and some yeah. waders and stuff. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm in, it's like going skiing. You no, know, it's like, exactly. I, 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 I'm shocked that so many people are into skiing because like one year skiing is like $1,200. Yeah, five hundred dollars, five five six hundred bucks for the pass. If you get a good deal, then your skis, your bindings, your poles, your boots. I mean, my goodness, it's like no. I mean, that, it, it, they're pricing themselves right out of the, out of the range. It's an elite I mean, sport. Well, you know, I, I you know I worked on Crescent Butte for yeah, uh, you winter, did, yeah. And I tell you what, man, the the tickets there now, I think it's a hundred and thirty bucks a day or something. Wouldn't like that. surprise me. How is that even? I mean, that's like Disneyland prices. I mean, <laughs> when, when I lived in Vail in two thousand six, two thousand seven, they were. At least ninety-eight, maybe one hundred and three, and that's over. That's twelve years. It's what twelve, thirteen years ago. That's a better price than I would have thought. <laughs> and that's actually that's almost eight years after I was at Crested Butte. So, but I will give Vale credit. Uh, New Year's two thousand there was pretty cool. So, uh, anybody out there that wants to call into the show, please feel free to do so at nine two nine four seven seven three two zero four. Again, nine two nine four seven seven three two zero four. All right. So jumping on the thirty on thirty or. E60. I'm sorry, E60, E60. special. It, they've got so many different programs now, I get confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so ESPN's got a special coming up. They do. This is our wide world of sports uh, segment because the next 
topic we're going to go to is, as I say, competitive and interesting. It's not a sport, but it's very interesting. But, yes, um, obviously we all know about the Humboldt Broncos and the tragedy that happened. Um, we talked about it uh, last week or the week before. And um, with the play, 16 players and coaches getting that killed. That was the bus ride, right? Yeah, the bus. And uh, the, the, they did a the, – this is the reason, one of the reasons I watched SportsCenter this morning because they previewed the show for tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. Um, they're going to do a whole E60 on it. Uh, one of the players uh, that was paralyzed from the chest down uh, is now getting into sled hockey. Um, he, he still wants to play hockey. They're, they're training him to do that. But it's going to uh, pretty much wow. doc, a document documentary of – them re- the, what happened rebuilding the whole Humboldt team as we know in Canada a lot of Americans go up there they play junior hockey to get a shot to come here just like people come like we get pit players like DU for instance um, get players from uh, you know Switzerland to come here like I think the goalie right now is, is from Switzerland uh, but we got players from all over Canada and here to come and play college hockey and you know we have a lot of people before they get to college they go play junior hockey so on and so forth so there's a lot of means for hockey and it's huge up in Canada there's so many leagues up there and they travel by bus they travel long distances and I, I can't wait to watch this special it's going to be seven o'clock mountain for us. Oh, man, I hope there's a replay. I'm not getting up at 7 o'clock tomorrow. I'm, I'm sure there will be a replay, <laughs> but it, I, I really want to see it because the, the dedication that these guys go through to do this in and out every year to do it, to try to get noticed, to try to make a team somewhere, it, it, it's such a it's I mean, such gotta, a good feeling. you got to slog through a lot of, of garbage to get to the promised land. You and, really do. And there's you no, no you guarantee do. you're even going to get there. So yep. um, I'm guessing it's kind of like uh, the college basketball players that go – uh, overseas to Europe yes, and play yeah. over there instead of playing in college to get more exposure. Well, more I mean, the, I don't remember the two names off the top of my head, but they had a E60 special on two players that were promising, didn't get draft, went over, were literally living in a closet with beds on the floor, making <laughs> hardly any money. Yeah. And it didn't, could barely eat is how bad the conditions were. Uh, yeah. That, that sounds kind of like my life. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting Maybe. back eating Santiago's burrito with a headset on. <laughs> Hey, life is tough. Hey, don't 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 be minimizing. Um, so I I hadn't even heard the story. This is I mean this is obviously not the Dr. J I'm thinking of, but no. what in the world happened? I, okay, so I heard this actually on a local radio station yesterday. So I had to do a little investigating on it, and uh, I put this in the wide world of sports because competition is sports. You know, we we compete in sports. So at a Krispy Kreme in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, Julia Serving, 32, stabbed another employee because the other employee, who was unnamed, said that he could make better glazed donuts than, than Julia Serving could. Julia Serving took offense to that and stabbed the man. <laughs> so I guess to say we are stabbing over Krispy Kreme glazed donut employees now. Wow. I mean, Damn, where, where were those workers when I needed to hire some people that have passion, man? No kidding. <laughs> a little pride, a little pride in your work for once. Holy guacamole! Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm one of those people that I've never understood the Krispy Kreme craze. I, 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 I would, I would take Dunkin' Donuts a thousand I, times I, over. I'll tell you what, man. I, I, I love the dude. I, I'm on the East Coast, man. Dunkin' Donuts is my place. <laughs> so I was in Vegas. It's, uh, I think I was with Nate in Vegas. Um, I don't know. We're in the Luxor, and they had a Krispy Kreme. It's 6 a.m. We got two cocktails in each hand. And there's a line for Krispy Kreme donuts. And I remember saying something to Toon gone. I'm like, do you guys know you're standing in line for donuts as I'm swigging down a Bloody Mary? <laughs> and I'm just looking at him going, you're in Vegas, dude. 
what are you doing? Oh. Get on a table. I mean, I wouldn't mind eating a donut, but it's just like, like you want to stand in an hour line. Well, so what I remember is uh, I was living down <laughs> no. in Denver with uh, uh, Chavez was living with us uh, at my aunt and uncle's house, uh-huh. and we were working on a golf course when we first moved to Colorado. This is like twenty years ago. Oh wow! And or maybe twenty two years ago, and um, I just remember when they opened up their first Krispy Kreme was down in Englewood. And it was like a big deal. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a huge hoopla. And so we go there on like the opening day and we're like, there's just all this hype and they're unbelievable. And that was, I think they actually have flavors now. They didn't have flavors back then. I think they do. I'm not, a, I don't, I haven't been in a Krispy Kreme in yeah. ages. The only reason I, reason I think so is there's a Krispy Kreme, um, like display case in the circle K right over there. Okay. And I've I've stopped by there and I've seen flavors in there, but maybe it's not from Krispy Kreme, but I'm guessing they have flavors now, but back Mm. then, or at least at this place, they just made the ones you're talking about. The standard glazed donut. That that was it. And I remember people were just like so excited in line. Like they couldn't wait to have one. They hadn't had one in years because they hadn't been in Colorado and we get our donuts and we're sitting there eating them. And it's like, uh, what? <laughs> this is a very average donut, and it's not even very flavorful. I mean, it was soft and warm because it comes just right out of the oven, oh, yeah. or, or whatever you call it, whatever they bake them in. But I, just, it, I, I don't get it. I still don't get it. But then I, some people that tell me they the don't. Thing, I think that's the thing with Krispy Kreme is that you can get a warm donut. A warm you know, donut. Like they're, yeah, like they're fresh, you know. And most of huh. the time, you go into Dunkin' Donuts, it's, they're cold. Or not cold, yeah. but room temperature. Yeah, they're room. I, I got to admit, I, I prefer them that way because they, they have more, uh, they're more hearty. Yeah, and they, they are. When they're super soft or when they're super, when they're warm like that, they were so soft and like fell apart kind of. And, and like, I'm, you're probably not right, Nate. That's probably why people like them. It, it, it's to each its own. Like for me, if I'm an, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a sweets person. Uh, my mom used to bake it, decorate cakes and sell them and so on. So, so I always had cookies, brownies, cakes, all of that terrible acne. So my 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 Dunkin' Donut a choice is the chocolate glazed donut. I love those things. I can't resist them. Those are good. I really like the uh, like the chocolate cake donut. You know, the um, I'm trying to think of how they're how you describe it. They're I think of, we're talking very, about the same thing. They're very bumpy and they're lumpy. a little smaller, right? Uh, they are smaller. Okay, no, no, no. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know how I don't know what those are called. I think they're just called cake donuts, but uh, yeah, those are they're those cake. Are they're made with cake flour. That's why they're made. Oh, that's why I like them. Yeah, I, lo- I love the texture of them. Uh, but of course, you know the 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 chocolate and maple bars are good. Mm. Um, I'm not a I'm not a cream filled donut fan. I don't like many things that have filling. You don't like though. to be cream filled? <laughs> okay, all right. Just had to get that out of the way. I'd rather just mince. Okay. You know. But I yeah, for some reason I, I've I've never really liked the, uh, the you know the filling things. I also don't like the filling that you put in between the layers of cake they do now, or they've been doing it for a while now, oh, but yeah. like, like the strawberry or whatever flavor, like whatever. right in the middle yeah, of the they, two they, things. They put the flavor, yeah. It's like, I, I, I understand, I, I like fruit a lot. I just don't understand why people want to incorporate fruit into dessert. Oh, they but, want to be fancy. Uh, I, we're blue, yeah, but it doesn't we're, taste good. We're blue collar, man. Give me a, <laughs> give me a cheesesteak, give me some fries and pierogies, fry up some mozzarella sticks. I, yeah. The fruit I, with dessert thing is, it's just, you know, it's, fruit is sweet. And it's not as sweet as sugar, so I think that's you know one way that people try to keep it <laughs> a little bit under wraps with the sugar intake. Yeah, I mean maybe. I, I, it also seems like this happens on the same kind of cake though as you get normally. So it's like you're getting all the cake, the sugar from the cake and the icing, and then they just yeah. add more fructose <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. You know. But I'm sure my sister probably loves that stuff because she, you know, she loves fruits and vegetables so much. I think she likes them in anything. It's like the same thing with the, 
the pineapple on pizza, you know. I mean, the people I know who like pineapple and, and, and Canadian bacon on pizza love it. I can't, um, I just can't even fathom enjoying that. And I love pineapple. Now I hate ham. So that might be part of it. Mm, that could be part of it. Cause but, I'm not a big fan of it, but if I'm hungry, I'll eat it. Well, yeah. I mean, if I'm hungry enough, <laughs> I mean, if I'm hungry enough, I'll eat a ham sandwich and that's, that's saying something. Cause I find ham to be just absolutely disgusting. So um, you like the ham bone. Ham bone. <laughs> it's, going right, it's going right over. It, I'm looking over his head right now. He, he's an, he's oblivious. To I'm, just, I'm assuming that. he's making a sexual reference, but um, <laughs> you know, my coworker, she was kind enough to. She went to McDonald's on Friday, uh, maybe it was Thursday, and she grabbed me a sandwich when she went through there for breakfast. You know, and so I was like, oh, that's awesome. And uh, she asked for a sausage one because she knows I hate ham, but the, those those MFers, they put a Canadian bacon slice on there instead. And I was just like, I it just renewed my bafflement that people like ham. It's like, why would you want your meat to be sweet? That's just just <laughs> gross. But, you know, obviously it sells a lot. Maybe that's why I hate Easter so much because everybody wants to have ham for Easter. And it's like, dude, why ruin a feast by putting a ham on there? You know, what's even worse is when you make the ham, they put pineapple slices on the ham. It's like, oh, my God. So you would really hate a maple glaze on your ham. <sighs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do not like a sweet, sweet cured meat. I don't, I just don't get it. But, you know, have you, ever had a fre- have you ever had a fresh ham before? That's not oh my like gosh! My weird. aunt used to make my aunt Carolyn used to make because we used to go to my uncle Skip and Aunt Carolyn's for. Do you, uh, do you know what I'm uh, talking about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not. It's when I say fresh ham, it's actually not cured. It's the it's the cut that they usually use to make ham, but they don't cure it at all. It's just like a piece of pork, basically. It's you're, like a you know like. Mark's Mark's huh? uh, Mark you know, Mark's eaten a lot of uncured ham or cured ham. I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. I don't know if I've ever had uncured ham. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've I've hated ham since I was about seven years old because of Easter and 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 those. But they were always. Well, I do always you like remember. like pork chops or do you like like pork loin? Yep. And pork every other part of the loin. Every other part of the. Then you would great. like. Then you would like a fresh ham. Okay. And, that, and that's the thing. There's a lot of there are a lot of more uncured pork products, hams and stuff like in the grocery stores right now because mm-hmm. you've eaten a lot mm-hmm. of, of cured hams and stuff like that that are shelf stable and so on and so forth. But you know, then now they're coming out with the uncured, more like the pork chop and everything like that, which you really like. Oh yeah, I mean ham, sausage, uh, or not not ham, uh, sausage, bacon, and uh, pork. Yeah. You know, are all fantastic. Yeah, I've never had pig's feet. I don't know if those are. Oh good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pig's feet. Pig's, pig's feet is really good. Alex Rivera, the uh, um, food and beverage director, back with the Iron Pigs. We uh, we watched him eat some pig's feet and rice the one uh, um, National Pig Day. Do they eat the toes? Oh, they do. They they just dip monster all the meat down there, man. No kidding. Well, oh, I, mean, yeah. like I haven't had them, so I I will not poo poo it. I have not tried it, so it, it could be fantastic. It's a delicacy down in uh, San Juan. Pig ear is good too. It's what's that? Pig ear. Oh yeah. Well, I know. I know. Scout loved them. I know they dogs love them. I haven't, I haven't had one myself, yeah. but um, yeah, they're good. But hey, might as well use the whole animal, right? Don't waste any food. Oh, uh, so. that that gland right in their brain. That that real I, Nate. I don't know if you're what I'm talking about. I had I had a I had a barbecue guy land for me. He's like, JP, here's the best part of the pig. I ate that gland right down from the brain. I'm like, oh yeah, that was <laughs> nice. <laughs> the pituitary <laughs> gland. <laughs> Maybe give you a little growth spurt, you know. Pump up the muscles a little bit. I don't know. Go. I don't know if I got tested for that and failed or not. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if that's on the PED list. 
Oh my gosh, probably <laughs> right. It probably is now. Um, so the other thing we have for the Y World Sports, and <clears throat> this one, I didn't put a lot of detail on it because if you want to really get into the story, uh, go watch the episode. But I was watching, um, it was actually last week's episode, last week with uh, John Oliver. And his, the main story they had was all about Wrestle, uh, not WrestleMania, but uh, WWE. Yeah. And kind of like the whole, the whole thing. And I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. And uh, for those that don't know, WWE is the former WWF. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. for, for, for the audience that may not know that. Was the World Wrestling Federation. Now it's the World Wrestling Entertainment. They had to change their name because uh, the World Wildlife Fund, I think is what it was. Yeah, um, I think you're they right. They sued yeah. them for using their, their acronym. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, it, you know, it's kind of a sordid tale of like how they got big and, and how little um, protection the employees have. So like every wrestler is an independent contractor, mm-hmm. yet they can't wrestle for anyone else. They're told when they wrestle. They don't have an off season. I mean, like there's a whole bunch of weird things that <clears throat> legally they shouldn't be able to be independent contractors, but they are. Mm. But the part that I thought was interesting was they had a list of the 10 most valuable sports franchises and or sporting event franchises. Mm-hmm. And so just singular events. And WrestleMania is number four. So number one is the Super Bowl, of course. Of course. I don't remember what two and three were. Um, I think Daytona 500 might have been up there. Uh, um, Daytona and Indy, probably. Hmm. You know, I can't remember. Daytona re- I, or Indy. Right. I just, it might have been both. I can't remember. And then there was WrestleMania up there, and World Series was 10. Wow. And it was like, wow, the World Series is not even half as valuable as a, as a sports franchise event as WrestleMania. And that was amazing for me because, like, I, I remember the WrestleManias, right? They were a yeah. big deal, and they were fun, man. They had some great matches. I mean, of course, the, the greatest match ever will be the Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. up in the Toronto Sky Dome. But, I just thought that was that was staggering that a fake event in sports is actually one of the most popular franchise events in the whole world. So, well, you know, if you think about it and you break it down, um, baseball has such a long season and, and such a base of old school fans like like us, where we're I'm loyal to my Phillies and I love my Rockies, obviously because I live here and. Um, <clears throat> Sometimes the World Series doesn't interest me. If, if like, like the, well, Kansas City was kind of a dream series, but if, if, if some two teams are playing that I don't really care for, I'll take an interest in it, but I'm not going to be like, we're right in there. Right. Like Yankees Cardinals, you know? Uh, it's like, Yankees uh, Braves. I, I, you know, I like the Braves more now than I did back yeah. in the day. Well, but I mean, Bobby Cox. Yeah, but I'm just thinking, I just hated them because. Oh, who was hospitalized? Sorry, that's that a bad thing to say. Oh, he was? He was just hospitalized, I think, with a, a stroke, a stroke like symptoms or something. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Oh, I didn't, uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to really go, go off on Bobby Cox. No, <laughs> well, we know. They're separate, know. Separate the sports you from the person. Separate the sports folks, from the person, you know? yeah. Don't ever, I mean, I hate Barry Bonds as a player. I yeah. don't hate Barry Bonds as a human being. Right. Um, in fact, he seems like he's a pretty charitable, nice guy. He actually is. Uh, but, <laughs> but, just, but he was near him. I've, I've always contended my only problem with Barry Bonds, who I will easily admit is the greatest hitter I've ever seen with my eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's the greatest I, hitter in the history of baseball. I know where you're going to go with this, too. Right, but it's just, I mean, anybody, any time of someone who has immense talent treats it like a burden instead of a gift, I, just, I have a problem with that. Not to mention, he was just as good of a hitter before PEDs as, as after. <laughs> the guy was a Hall of Famer before he started popping the pills. He, he, did, he was. Well, he wasn't popping pills. He was putting on the cream and the, the clear. clear. The cream you know? and the clear. <laughs> the so, very so, clear. So, 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 so does the cream turn clear and the clear turns cream? Or what, what, how does that I just work? think that's how they differentiate what was in them. You know? It's like you put on the cream first because that's got your testosterone. Then you put on your, 
clear, which has your endocysterine, I don't know, adamantium. I don't know what, what the hell that bull testosterone with the cream? or <laughs> Ooh, bull testosterone. I'll bet that helps. But uh, whatever it is, whatever he took, he certainly swelled up. But Oh, yeah. I mean, um, my friend said his, his, uh, his, his cranium grew by like an inch and a quarter. Absolutely, because he yeah. did, he, did, he was doing he was outsourced for a majestic to make baseball apparel. Uh huh. So I yeah. read that story. Inch, yep. inch, and a, inch and a quarter about those hats. Yep. Yeah. And the hat and and that was when he shaved his hair off. Oh yeah. Not that he ever had a lot. He didn't have much. He didn't have much, hair, but still. Yeah. I mean, like I, I always thought, you know, your cranium to... doesn't grow at age thirty for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> that peritoneum is growing. So. Uh, but anyway, just, you know, I mean, all the props in the world to Vince McMahon, because he really knew what he was doing. Vince is that, a great businessman. I mean, amazing. Hun- and, um, um, you know, Hunter Hearst Hemsley was a character, but he is now like the CEO and, and the whole thing with with uh, and uh, Linda McMahon is now involved with uh, the, the women's business and all. Yeah, she, was, she was heading the small business. The small business. Uh, that's what it was. Whatever it is. Yeah. There's such a, a there's such a powerful family. And and Vince is such a mastermind of of really bringing to the forefront uh, a lot of things in entertainment, and uh, you know, he he plays the 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 owner goon, buffoon, the villain, the yeah. villain. You know, if you ever watch the show, which I haven't watched it in ages, but I I've gotten YouTube clips of some of the stuff that just pop up every now and then. But he he plays that character. But the franchise is is doing it alive and well. If you look at the the younger generation taking to everything. Well, and I, I think you well, nailed it. The, the AAF should have they should have brought in Vince McMahon to help him out because. They didn't even make it through the season. Now, uh, eight eight games in, they suspended operations. They made all the players who were anywhere pay for their own tickets to fly home because they wanted more help from the NFLPA, which I thought they were already getting the help. I, I, I personally, I watched less than a quarter of one of the games, and it was watching really bad college football. You know, I didn't Yikes. watch any games. I gave the XFL a shot, and I'll never forget the very, very first game I watched, and it was San Francisco versus L.A., I think. Yeah. And it had a really exciting game, and it ended with a field goal, you know, like in overtime and stuff. And it was a really riveting game. I thought, oh, this league has a chance. And then you realize it just happened to be one of those games where everything worked out so well that it was exciting, and it wasn't a good game or wasn't a good sport. And, you know, when you talk about the way you were watching, that's kind of how I feel when I watch college football. Right. Is that it's not that the game is bad. It's just, it's just that I not, feel like you I'm like, watching you like the Yeah, you like the NFL. You're a huge NFL guy. Right. And it's, I like to watch the college speak. game turning into the NFL of watching the kids and, and seeing what the recruits are. That's why I love totally. the draft. <laughs> and, I, and that's why I like watching minor league baseball. Yeah. Because I, I, because I love the sport exactly. that you play at the lower mm-hmm. level. NFL, and also probably because I played a lot of baseball. Yeah. I didn't play a lot of you football. You didn't play a lot of so, football. It, 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 it makes sense. your perspective, makes you know, sense. it's like, yeah. it's just like with hockey. I'll bet you I would love hockey a lot more and be able to follow it a lot better if I had played as a kid and kind of knew what to look for. As I right. said, live hockey is a whole different And then, you, you know, you hit it right on the head because I grew up with Penn State football. In Penn, Saturday afternoon, it shuts down and it's Penn State football time. <laughs> and just like the Flyers when I was growing up, it was Flyers hockey. So, you know, those are the big thing. That's what, and that's what I'm into. And the Phillies were the Phillies, so I always played baseball. So I'm well-rounded. The Sixers were the Sixers, but in my era, we, didn't, we played basketball, but I was never very good at basketball. Nope. Now, were the Sixers back good back then with Dr. J? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I figure they must have been at least at least competitive. Yeah. Did he win titles? I don't. I don't even. Know. Uh, I, be- I believe he did off the top of my head. I, I mean, I know. Dr. I wasn't sure if he was kind of beat down by the all the dynasties of the of the of the Celtics and the Lakers. Well, I'm, sure <clears> I'm not sure. Documented all that. Jeez, those. Oof. Boy. 
Well, I can't remember. What was the question? Did Dr. J win a championship? Is that the question? Yeah. 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 Pretty pretty sure he just won one. I I think it was just the one that he won. So, and I I would look it up, but, uh, you know, that's just gone off topic here a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like, you know, Nate, what sports did you grow up on up there in, 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 in the Dakotas? Well, it's funny, you know, the first thing that we got into was soccer. My parents had us playing soccer when we were pretty little, like five or six. I just hated it. I was terrible at it. So I transferred over to baseball. I think I was probably like eight or nine. Um, So I played a lot of baseball. I didn't play much football. I played one season of football, and I broke both my ankles in the third to last play of the game. (laughs) So that was terrible. Um, I was actually a pretty good basketball player, but I was just so short. (laughs) So it was hard for me. The worst part about my game was my dribbling. I just had the hardest time dribbling without looking at the ball. And so it was hard for for me to be a point guard, you know, even though I was, I was like the shortest guy on on the court. So, you know, when I was in junior high, I was one of the taller kids and I played power forward and I did very well. (laughs) <laughs> but as soon as the kids caught up to me in high school, I wasn't able to compete anymore. So, um, but yeah, I mean, baseball was my big one. I played that through high and golf, you know, those were the two big ones for me. You know, with soccer, my, my mom was obviously, and I think the reason that most parents are big into soccer when we were, when we were kids time was because it was, they thought it was good for you to get out there and be running around all day. Yeah. But well, it's cheap. You don't have to buy any equipment. Right, shin guards and and cleats, right, and you're good to go. That's it. And yeah, she. Uh, but I remember when I when I told my mom I didn't want to play soccer anymore, she was so disappointed because she was like, it's such great exercise. But I'm not a coordinated person. I'm certainly not foot coordinated. <laughs> and so I never got to play anything but defense. And I was one of the def- the defenders. And you just got bored to hell. You were just sitting there half the time. around. Right, you just stood there <laughs> until someone came running at you. And then you're like, oh, well, this person's like super coordinated. They just dribble right by you and they shoot for a goal. And I was like, okay, I've got no point to be here. I think I scored one goal in my entire uh, soccer career, which was a big moment, ex- except that it was really just kind of a goof. There was like nine of us all huddled around the ball, and I just happened to kick it and it went in. <laughs> but I think soccer would have done a lot better when we were kids if it was a sport on TV that we understood what was going on. Because which it definitely was. When we first except started playing. For, uh, um, the, the World Cup in what year was that, 94? Well, that I mean, I was I was graduating from high school by then. Yeah, so, I, I was a year in high school. I mean, I, I was I'm talking about playing soccer back like in 1985, yeah, I think, yeah. or even 84. And I just remember that we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, the coaching there was no the coaching didn't even make any sense because they didn't yeah. know how the game was they played. They didn't know how the game was played. And really? no offense to anybody, no one watched it, so no yeah. one knew it was on it's TV. It's not an it American sport. Right. There was no American teams back then. Uh, The World Cup maybe got on TV a little bit, but no one watched it. And uh, I think that that was the whole thing that made it such a a boring thing was there was no clue on what to do. Just kick, 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 kick. Instead of like, oh, pass it to him. He should pass it up there, pass it back to this guy, then pass it over here, then do a cross and try and head it in. Well, that would have been a 10 times more interesting sport to play. I think the best spoof on soccer was the Simpsons episode where, uh, (laughs) where, 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 where oh, pass the center, pass the wing, pass the center, pass the wing, pass the center, pass the wing. Oh, a fight breaks out in the stands. And he holds it, holds it, holds it, you know. And and then the the American commentator's like, back to the wing. Back to the center, back to the wing, and he holds it. You know, it's like uh, it's like listening to uh, it's like listening to the uh, Mexican announcers when they were calling the uh, 
Thursday night football game. Or no, I'm sorry, the, the British announcers. Yeah, they're great. I love that. Yeah, that's on the. It's on the when the games were on Thursdays so on much Amazon. More animated than the American announcers. Yeah. It just goes to show you, American announcers, just like so many other things in America, there's, everything is so corporatized. Oh, it's yeah. all whitewashed. There's nothing interesting or, or, or unique about anything anymore. It's like, nope, gotta be, it's got to be you know, focus group tested and you know, manufactured and put through the computer and da 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 It's just like, no, just, just be real. Just pay attention. Just talk about the game. You know? Um, you know, here's a perfect example. They had Isaiah Thomas on um... – on get up and first take on ESPN the other day, the great, you know, hall of fame, Isaiah Thomas. And they started talking about Izzo with, with white coaches coaching black players. And he's like, you know, the, the topic we knew where we would go to, but we know we have to back off because we don't want to get anybody fired here. <laughs> and they backed off the topic. because he's exactly right. Whoa. Gunshots. <laughs> gunshots. Got going on over got there. Gunshots <laughs> over there or something. There was Nate's three seconds. So, it doesn't uh, last I, long, but it's a big bang. <laughs> I don't know if you ever, if you've ever, if you've never heard the routine tight twat Tina. I highly recommend anybody listening to the show to go listen to it. It's one of the most hilarious things you'll ever hear, and the greatest line is, um, he's like, uh, what he goes, I only have a two inch pecker, but I got a pile driving ass or something like that. It's just a great, it's a great skit. Uh, but again, tight twat Tina, go look that one up on YouTube. because You'll laugh your butt off. So let's actually veer straight into the NHL. And the reason I want to do this is, uh, so I have a coworker, Brian, who's a big, big hockey fan, big hockey fan sure. from Washington, DC. So it's big Redskins, uh, big capitals. Uh, um, he got his glory last year. Yep. He's not a big nationals fan, although he is pissed off at Bryce Harper for leaving yeah, and let um, him be. Well, you know how it's gonna be. I mean, of course you're gonna be you're gonna be spurned when you're best. Sorry, man. I, I just gotta say. And not only is it gotta be annoying, you know, right, to have him leave, but he's having such a great start to the season. And uh, of course, you know, we, you want to tell some people is like it's the first week. Yeah. Give it time. You never it's know what's gonna happen. You know, he could not end up having another MVP year, or he could have just a, a, a dump year. You never know. But yeah. anyway, um, I asked him about the Flyers because I know that you, you yeah. know, you love them so much. And he told me that he thought the Flyers were the most disappointing team of the entire year. Does that mesh with what your, yes. your opinion? Yes. Okay. Uh, the, the Flyers set a record for most goaltenders used in a season. Eight. Oh, that's never good. Eight. Eight, eight goaltenders. They, different goal they don't even hold eight on the roster, do they? Well, they, they, brought, they, 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 brought, they brought one of the veterans in. They brought up the kids from the AHL, from the Phantoms, which uh, two years ago I, I, did, I did cover one of the games. We did the segment on minor league hockey, if you remember, when I, I went to one of the Phantoms games back there. And, um, You've seen Phantoms? Phantoms, yes. Uh, yeah. They were called the Leah Phantoms. I'm, they, 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 changed, they used to be the Hershey Bears. Now the Hershey Bears they're, are the Capitals. They're so. in Lehigh, too? Yeah, they're in the Lehigh Valley. Man, they have a lot of teams. Yeah, uh, that, leaguers, but... well, uh, that that off topic for thirty seconds. Um, the PPNL Center is what it's called. Um, is built on a sinkhole. Uh, that's where they built it. The, the mayor of Allentown bribed people to get it down there because he wanted to revitalize the downtown area of Allentown. I have no idea why. It's a cesspool. <laughs> I mean, you walk you walk off the steps of the arena and you're right. You could buy crack on the corner at the Seven Eleven. If you don't know where Lehigh is, where is it in the state? Lehigh Valley, it's um, the Allentown Bethlehem Eastern area. If you look at New Jersey, uh, the western side of New Jersey has a face where the nose is would be. 
because it looks like a face if you just take where the nose is it's right there on the delaware river um you go in it's easton then it's bethlehem then it's allentown you hit up at 33 you get into the poconos and stroudsburg mount pocono and all the way up there so how far is lehigh valley from let's say uh philadelphia philly Philly, um it's a hour and a half uh hour to the outskirts Okay, so you, not, you not jump a, down the turnpike. Not not a super far. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. And the, the thing is, what makes it long is the only really quick way to get there is the turnpike, and it's not the fastest road on earth. Okay, so it's it's kind of a it's it's, it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a journey to get there, or is it? It's, it's, it's not so much a journey. It's not like Colorado where everything's open and we're building highways and fast roads everywhere. You got to realize Pennsylvania is very forested. Right. So you have right. to cut through the forest. And these roads are all very old roads that were really small. Now they're making them bigger. So, you know, it's, it's easier to get to Philly now, but I have to go over to the turn, go down to Quakertown, jump on the turnpike, head down. It's actually really nice, though, because we don't have that really out here. I mean, we have we forests out here, we but do. you don't. That's not where the peop- that's not where the population centers right. are. Especially like in California, you know, you have to go up to the Sierras pretty much to get into the forest. Yes. Now, it, it, that's not true. Any getting going into the mountain areas or not mountain areas, but the higher elevations anywhere in California, you'll hit forest. Mm. But it's not, you know, you don't, you don't spend a lot of time in those areas. And it's actually really fun to drive through forests. You know, like when I used to drive to Susanville for work from, from Redding in California, I mean, it's awesome. You're driving around like through Truckee and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And anybody who knows, knows the area is probably like, why would you be in Truckee? But it was because I had to take a circuitous route to right. get all the customers. But so, Basically, they they want there was two two spots they wanted mayor wanted it downtown everyone else wanted it out by Coca Cola Park where the Iron Picks play that's where everyone wanted it you came in the the airport was right across the highway you had um, Airport Road which is a great in and out to get and put put the arena right where the where, where the where, just like down in Philly put it right next to the baseball stadium right but the stupid ass mayor bribed a bunch of people got caught and is now in jail uh, for doing it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not that it doesn't work, right? Because you do that with Coors Field. Now yeah. Coors Field, now it's everything beautiful. around there is. Yeah. But then again, you only have to go about four or five blocks, and, and all yeah. of a sudden, it's like you, you start getting a little scared. Well, I mean, it's not even four or five blocks from Coors Field. The, the right. triangle's Two. three blocks. <laughs> the triangle right there where the homeless shelters are are three blocks away. Yeah. So, But it definitely did help the immediate area. Because now you have the Rhino. What used to be five points is now the Rhino District, which is right. now blossoming. Right, becoming a big art area, art yeah. area, mm-hmm. and then uh, obviously all the the breweries, you know, like the Breckenridge Brewery yep. is doing really well. What's the one that's right across from Rockies? Um, there's like, well, there's three of them, I guess, right across from the Rocky Stadium on the three different edges. But one of them is the Breckenridge Brewery here, and then here's the yeah, stadium. the Breckenridge the one's one over the by where I Rock live. something or Rock Bottom, Rock Bottom. That's yep. what I'm thinking of. Um, boy, they have one of the hottest bartenders in the world, and that's like, <laughs> man, holy cow. Can't make a drink to save her life, but boy, you know. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. That's, she, gets them in the, she gets the butts in the door, that's for sure. Um, so anyway, that's, I just wanted to bring that up and see. Um, no, no, you're right, because they fired Ron Hextall halfway through. They fired Haskell, who uh, was the North Dakota coach. Uh, Nate knows that from uh, in college, and wait, they wait, fired wait. him. Who, yep. who were the two, those two people? Uh, Ron Hextall was the president and uh, uh, GM of, of the team. Okay. So they fired Ronnie, um, and they fired Haskell, who they brought in from North Dakota, a, championship, a college championship winning coach. Fired all those guys. Um, they had talent on that team. Um, my personal problem with the way they played is they were very sloppy with puck handling. Um, they looked a little slow at times. Um, and they just didn't seem to show up every night. 
is, is my biggest problem with the team. And I think a lot of that had to do with, with not having trust in your goaltender going through so much, so many goaltenders, because there was the games I've seen, there was a lot of soft goals let in. So kind of like you you were trying to fix everything, but because you couldn't fix that one thing. Yeah. It it was just one of those things where they're probably over trying and, and the play got sloppy and they, they, they were a disappointment. And I think I, I saw that on social media from some of, some of the people here. Uh, I'm now a top fan of um, uh, Broad Street or whatever. I forget the, the page it is. Um, uh, Broad Street something. Um, but it, it was frustrating to watch because they, they did have talent. They have a lot. They have young talent, too. Yeah. And, uh, and they have the veterans. And um, it, it's frustrating when your hockey team you just has – I mean, they, they, well, here's, well, here's the thing. Where they stood before the last two games, after when they got eliminated, they, the Rangers beat, blew them out. The, the Blues blew them out. The Blues, you know, <laughs> team in the West. Um, but if they were in the West, they'd be in the playoffs with the points they had. Really, they had more points than the Avs at the at, at two from two two games ago. They actually had they had eighty five points. The Avs. So it's kind of like the West and the East in basketball has been for a few years. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a little demoralizing when you see that. It's just like, oh man. You know the way you describe them is is almost exactly the way I feel like you would describe Vance Joseph with the Broncos. You yeah. Know, it's like you're just you're you don't look ready. Yeah. You never no, look ready. No, I, I, I perfect example, man. So, that's that's exactly how I felt. And then you realize how I, much of a talent there really and is. You know, it was funny because um, I usually do a long Sunday with my other stuff that I do. I actually took off last Sunday because a the Flyers was, I knew they just got eliminated on Saturday, so they were on at ten thirty in the morning playing the Rangers at home. <laughs> it's the last time I gave to see them on TV. Right. Um, two, we had both of the the you know we had the other games for the final four. Sure. Nearly uh, eight, eight, right? eight. And the Phillies were on that night so it was the first time i got to actually see the <laughs> phillies live on tv so I, I i took a sunday that's the only day i've had off i took a sunday wow the only day i went out till wednesday I, I did a sports day because i'm gonna have to go monday i'm looking at a, a jeep and tuesday i'm looking at another one which might come down on the final two um but I, I was like, I, I'm like, I can't miss this day because it's the last day of time I'm going to see the Flyers. First time I'm going to see the Phillies all year. Plus, we got – I'm a Barkley fan, man. I'm pulling Auburn all the way. I, ha- <laughs> I had to get off my backboard poster on my wall, man. I uh, I guess we probably should finish up hockey. I but, know. I know. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was going to go into a tangent on, on uh, basketball, but we'll, I'll save that. Um, Avalanche made the playoffs. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? And the reason I ask that is – because of the, they have such a great first line, but they don't have all, hardly any other line, would it have been better for them to finish lower and get a higher uh, ra- uh, draft pick? Or do draft picks take long enough in the end and show okay. blossom that it's not really worth Unless it? Unless you get a top four pick in the draft, uh-huh. those players are players that might make an immediate impact on your team. Okay. Anything other than that, they're going to play overseas or in Canada or in the AH or minor leagues. Right. You got to develop. Um, there's only like uh, uh, there's only a handful handful of kids that are really game ready to play in the NHL when they get they drafted. can draft like as low as 16 years old, right? I, or is it 17? I think I think they have to be 18. Really? Well, if you get drafted at 16, you're playing. You're obviously you have to be 18. You you have to, to play. play in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be playing another junior, like Canada, like Humboldt. I was going to say they, they, they have professional hockey. leagues in Canada for 16 years old. Yeah, they? yeah, they have all kinds of leagues in Canada. Okay, they have leagues for everything. Right. No, I, but I just thought they were like professionals yeah. though. But yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where um um you know the the, the kid out of uh, Toronto got drafted and in, in, in it's instant star. 
and um, Proporov got drafted. He, he's on the Flyers. You know, he's a great defenseman. So there's only a handful, handful of them that can okay. really make that jump right away. And the ones that can do it are very obvious. Do you... I don't know how well you know the minor league systems for in the NHL. Huh? Uh, do you think that do the Avalanche have a fair amount of talent coming up, or are they are or could they get mired in this right in the middle of the pack for a long time? Oof, I mean, because I mean, they traded Duchesne, you know, and that was a big that, let go. You yeah, know, yeah, that was a big let go. Um, I would say the Avalanche from being a See, the West, because Nashville was up and down all year, which was uh, the team from the West last year. It's one of those things, it's hard to say, because you can move players up and down so often. And they, because they, in the AHL, you may be the biggest star, you may jump, make the jump up, and all of a sudden you might not be fair that well and you get sent right back down. Right. You know, there's such a, a, a parody of, you know, because there's a lot of jostling of, of rosters, bringing kids up and putting kids back down. Um, when, when you're in a team like the, the Avalanche and the Flyers are, where you have that, you're in the middle of the pack, and you really need to find the nucleus of the starting, the, the, the four lines you want to put on the ice and the three defensive lines you want to put on the ice. So does like, is it like baseball at all in terms of, is there a limit how many times you can send someone up or back before they have to get let go or put on waivers or something I do like not, that? I do not think so. Okay. Because I know Ron Hextall was the president and CEO or GM of the Flyers and of the minor league team. Oh, So he was both. So like, he... like, you know, Kurt Landis is only the president and GM of the Iron Sure. So, but, but Ron Hextall was the president and GM of both those teams. So, because when, well, when I went to that Phantoms game, I turned around and Ron Hextall 10 feet behind me. I was just like, whoa, cause he's, he's one of my heroes from back in the day. Phantoms. That's a cool name. That's like, that's one of the few name like team names I've heard that I like a lot. That's pretty cool. But all right. Um, and then Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay presence cup, best, best record in hockey. They got great goaltending. They got great, three great scoring lines. They got a great fourth line. They could put out there and just beat you to hell. A great defense. Uh, once again, they're they're a team to beat in the East. Is uh, Vegas looking good again? Oh, Vegas is. I gotta look at this. I just I forgot to look at the standings this morning. They're the Golden Knights, right? Yeah. Hold on. Just uh, this is my bad. Uh, I so go while ahead, you're looking that up, well, while you're looking that up, I mean, I know we've got some some local talent here, and I know also the Frozen Four is coming up. Uh, yep. Can you speak on that at all? Uh, the Frozen Four is coming up. DU did uh, make it into it. Um, I have to look at that too. Uh, let me just give you a real quick up on um, on Vegas here. They are sitting third in the Pacific Division um, with 93 points. So they are out of all the top teams in uh, the Central and the Pacific. They have the lowest point total. They only have two more points um, than they only have three more points than the Colorado actually. So. Wow, so kind of a fall from grace. A little bit, a little bit, and that I think hmm. you could see that coming after the the first year explosion on right. that. So people adjust and yeah, still great for them. I mean, it's just awesome to see them to see them compete as much as they did, and 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 they didn't win that title, right? They lost it to the Capitals. Ovechkin got his first yeah. title last year, right? Ovechkin got his first title, and uh, Ovechkin's going to go down as probably the person that had the most fun with a championship trophy in the history of sports. <laughs> That's saying something. Yes. Boy, some, <laughs> some pretty uh, 
some pretty foul things have happened with that cup. I always wonder if someone's taken a crap in it or not, um, <laughs> you know, just to have a golden. Oh, or have for a, sure. That's, that's happened multiple times, I'm sure. <laughs> and then they drink beer out of it the very next day. So, uh, yeah, but you know, what? That, 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 that's the hockey way. It's kind of like the little crossway. What are you looking up there? Uh, I'm trying to pull up the frozen four brackets here. Oh, gotcha. Is, um, I'm trying to get to them. I don't know why my computer's so being Final slow. four uh, in in uh, basketball and, and NCAA. Uh, what I was going to say before about the tangent was I am pulling nonstop for Virginia versus MSU in the final game because I have a futures bet on both of them. And then that'll make watching that uh, championship game all the sweeter to know I'm making at least 100 bucks, if not more, uh, on, on the victor from that game. So are you, uh, I'm sorry. I was just looking at the final. Let me just uh, real quick. I'm, I'm going to give Nate a here. Okay. So it's Denver versus uh, UMass and it's Providence versus Minnesota Duluth. I, I believe ooh. your uh, lovely wife is a graduate of there. If I don't remember right. She she is. She's standing right here. She's, she's pumped. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, we I had just, to get, I had to get that in real quick. Minnesota Duluth. And they are Minnesota Duluth. Um, I I do believe beat up on Denver in the in the regular season pretty good. Denver did get through there. Yeah, um, the final before, four for hockey. Yeah. Yep. See, American International beat St. Cloud State. I think Denver would have got tripped up on St. Cloud State, but Denver did beat Ohio State there in the first round, and then Denver beat up on American International. So they are in there with UMass, who beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a tough task. UMass is for real. I can tell you that right now. I know we didn't talk much about college hockey this year. Um, Providence is Providence. They beat the Big Red of Cornell. And uh, UMD Bulldogs, last year's national champion. Yeah, you haven't been into college hockey this year. Uh, little minor dispute um, about how many people were coming up into uh, the press row with me, I think, last year and not oh. not technically covering the games and going to the press pros game pressers. So, <laughs> OK, we, 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 since then. All right. we, we had some we had some, I had some people flown through up there. I got you. I got all about You know, all you know, Nate was there covering with me one day. I had a I had one of my photographers there the one time taking shots. I had an alumni and a photographer there taking shots, too. I, and the, you know, it was all justified, but they, but but they got they got. Well, it has to come movie, down with huh? it has to come down with uh, also a former lacrosse station that I worked for too, because ah, he gotcha. was doing the same thing at, um, at, uh, at the lacrosse team. So I got you. All right. So I well. backed off now when, when we start up with, with, uh, Jojo here and, um, and, uh, the outlaws start, I'll go to the outlaws games this year is what I'll do. And, uh, uh, Glendale started the rugby season. I didn't hear, but ever hear back from them last year. The Raptors. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll reach out to those guys, but they started early because they expanded, just like uh, Coach said on, on our interview last year. They expanded to go ahead the New York team, and yeah, so it, it started actually right after New Year's. The, the, of course, uh, oh wow, Glendale just played their first home game. I think it was last week or the week before. So, how many uh, games do they play in a week in that league? Two? No, they they play one game a week. Oh, just one? Yeah, they just, just play one. They okay. just play one. That's in lacrosse. Uh, lacrosse plays one. Really? Yeah. I would have thought they played more. Well, now, I mean, we're going off way off tangent. Um, but MLL got rid of three teams. They dumped three teams now, folded three teams, because okay. uh, because Rabel, who is the first million-dollar lacrosse athlete, decided to do a touring league, the premier lacrosse league, and he's going to tour city to city in a, in a tournament format. So there's a lot of, a lot of anxiety, angriness, 
and um, backstabbing yeah, going on in, in lacrosse. I would right be now. frustrated if I was like into lacrosse because I feel like there are so many different little like pro leagues. You know, like if they could all get together and do something and, big, you and, know, and that they might they're... actually do well. That's the problem because Rabel decided to take the players out on their own to make it better for the players and the players' union where they thought the owners were taking too much of everything from them. And this is like a – this is basically a players' league. And they've huh. taken talent from the Major League Lacrosse, the MLL. That's the outdoor game. NLL is the indoor game. Um, so those were the two leagues. Now, now Rabel started the, uh, the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League, and I don't have the schedule. They already signed up with NBC Sports to have it on TV a couple times, and I think on NBC one of the times. Um, there's a lot of feuding in the lacrosse world. I'll have to get JoJo. JoJo started a new team, I think, is what I'm, I'm getting off of Twitter here. Really? Uh, I, I, U, I, I think it was a, a U7 team. That's an under-7 team. Um, JoJo is very busy with the kids, uh, teaching the spear and the sport of lacrosse. Lacrosse is a spiritual game because it's, it's, it's the Native American game is really what it is. It was created by the Native Americans. So it's a spiritual game, and JoJo's bringing that. JoJo does a great job with the kids. When you see him out there, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of what JoJo's capable oh, of doing. Very passionate. We've known yeah. that. We've known that for a long time. <laughs> but we'll get him on, I, on the show. He, he's, been, he's been tweeting out little hints about when he's coming uh, back. And so, I've, uh, I've, I think what Nate brought up, though, is key, is that, and that goes back to that story by John Oliver about the WWE, yeah. is having a bunch of little leagues uh, a little champion, you know, you got multiple championships and all these things and people jumping from league to league. And that just, that kills the ability. And so they need their Vince McMahon. They need yeah. someone to merge all together. What's the downside to make that really work. You usually have to have somebody who's very wealthy and, and consolidates all the wealth mm-hmm. in order to get it. Now it helps the sport, but it usually doesn't help the players until a lot longer after. Now, eventually it does because eventually the sport makes enough money that they can then pay the players more. But it's hard when you're one of those first round players, like, you look at all the guys uh, who played football back in the 70s and things, and they may have played phenomenal, and they were a big part of why football is what it is now. Right. But they weren't making millions and millions they of dollars. They were making hardly anything. They were making 50000 100000 no whatever athlete, it is. No athlete was making any money until the 80s, really. Yeah. Right. And now with those major sports, you know, I mean, you know, $5 million is like an average salary in baseball. So it's like – you know, you start to realize that, you know, you're going to have to pay the dues now for everybody coming after you. So uh, I will tell you this. Uh, this is a stat I forgot to bring up last week with you guys. Um, baseball is down a couple percentage points of the overall oh, average salary for the second that's straight not, year. That's not Makes surprising. Sense. I mean, if that's, you saw how free agency played out this year, then that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Well, they say that's why Mike Trout signed his deal. Was hey, because and, and let, me just, let me just say one let me just say one last thing about the lacrosse situation um, and then we can move on. But um, I, I hate big money, you know, and big brother as much as the next guy, but in order to, to get any kind of success, you have to have it for infrastructure, you, do. you know, in order to get all the stadiums built and, you know, have some sort of liaison to the city and, you know, all those different things that, that make a league work are kind of it's kind of a it's an a necessary evil i guess you could say uh but uh you know it's too bad i think if they were to get organized they could really have something special 
Well, it's the advertising too. Advertising. I don't think people understand. Oh how yeah, marketing, marketing is huge. Oh, it's it, it is. And I'll, I'll tell you the biggest, the, the the first hurdle that that everybody had to get over, or they still almost they've they've gotten better this year about overlapping seasons with the NNL, NLL, the indoor league, oh, and right. the MLL outdoor league, is they weren't working together. They worked together more if those two two leagues would combine with each other and have the outdoor indoor league and make it really a necessity to have the players play both and make a substantial able to be able to live off that it would do them a world of good and laxworm who you guys don't know but we've had him on jojo show all the time laxworm is one of the guys that you know i i've learned learned so much from um who was uh, he was up in connecticut doing um uh, lacrosse high school sports he does the uh play-by-play for the the new york lizards in the mll and uh laxworm he, he's a great interview I, I we're gonna have to have him on during football season um here he's a jets fan so uh you know we'll have to have him on um great interview to do loves to talk sports uh, and a passionate guy passionate guy and he was down here for the world series of youth lacrosse that we did over lacrosse talk radio and um just a really good guy to be around knows everything you want to know about sports man so hopefully we'll i'll try to get him on on here coming up towards football season but you know if those two teams could join and make it viable for their players to to work in both and actually make the living i think with the premier league they'd come back and see that they're trying the whole thing with the players is the leagues were never trying to work together in my opinion right well it, yeah, right. because everyone wants to be the dominant league and if you're the dominant league you're well, gonna make the dominant we're we're halfway through the show and we got some yeah. good stuff to talk about, fellas. We so. really do. I just looked it up there. <laughs> that, that, that. Let's get the trivia question out of the way right now before we even start to talk college basketball. Sure. Okay, so let me read it one more time. Sports sports offensive trivia question of the spur, the first uh, question of April here, uh, April sixth. Uh, out of out of all the active players, Bryce Harper is number two in homers of over four hundred fifty five feet with four of them. Who is number one and how many? All right, so let's go back and forth one guess at a time. Nate, you go first. Well, my first guess is Aaron Judge, and I would have to say he's probably got a half dozen or so. That's a really good guess. You're wrong. Okay, so my first guess okay. was uh, was Giancarlo Stanton. That's and another I was good guess. Say five. That's another good guess. You're wrong. Okay, Nate. Okay, um, my second guess was Stanton. So uh, I would have to say. Reese Hoskins would be my third choice with five. You know, that's a that's another good guess, but wrong. I think he probably hasn't been in the league long enough. Yeah, I don't know. He's only been in the league. He, he, he came of, up two years ago. Last year was his full year. Of a really strong okay. player. I got a couple um, more thoughts. Is there any chance? Can um, I, do you want a hint? No, not yet. Okay. Um, I was going to say, uh, shoot, it just popped out of my head. Um, uh Oh, uh, Josh Donaldson, five. Nope. No. Okay, Nate? J.D. Martinez, seven. Nope. You, you got the number right. Okay, so it's seven. Wow, that's a lot. Um, who's a, Miguel Cabrera? Uh-uh. Boy, who's a really strong guy? Who's a big mother effer? Oh, is it Nolan Arenado? Nope. <laughs> Nate, any other guesses? You guys are overthinking it. <laughs> is overthinking. it Miguel Sano? He yeah. says the guy who's currently playing, right? Oh yeah. We're sitting in the state, so it's a Rocky. Yep. A current player, with Trevor Story. Exactly. What? Trevor Seven. Story. 
Yep. Wow. That's a good trivia I'd, question. Yeah, I'd have never. I, I like never. that. Yeah, wow, Trevor Story. He's, he's a them. stud, man. I had no idea he hit long home runs. I mean, I knew he hit a lot of home runs. I just didn't know he hit long yeah. ones. Well, yeah, good question. Got his stump pretty well on that one. Yeah, um, that's a good one. I really did I, think I, I tell you what, Stanton. Uh, Lauren on Get Up had that one right, and you guys didn't. On one guess. Who? Uh, the, Dang the, it. The, the, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Lauren on Get Up. She can uh, get but, me up. <laughs> well, she's married to a baseball player. Who's she married to? Uh, hold on, I'll find it. Keep talking. Is it like a like a, I, like a like I, a big time player? I know a... her name off the top of my tongue, and I can't believe because she's gorgeously, beautifully hot. <laughs> but I mean, is it, is it is it like a professional, like a, oh, like a popular I, player, I, or I, uh... I believe so. Let me just look this up real quick. Just gotcha. keep talking. So we've got Virginia versus Auburn in the first game. Um, Nate, just your your initial reaction. Who do you think wins? Well, it's a, I think this is the most intriguing of the two matchups because, okay, you have Virginia, who's a number one seed, and if you remember, they lost last year for the first time ever as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament in the first round. So uh, they're coming off kind of a crazy uh, season last year. But, uh, again, like I said, a number one seed had a very successful season. I think they only lost three or four games. Uh, just a ton of talent, a ton of talent under the hoop, uh, some athletic guards. I, I like them a lot, but, boy, Auburn seems to be the hot team. Now, they've had a lot of time between this game and the last game, so that's what would concern me is that maybe they've kind of lost that mojo. So as much as I like Auburn and would love to see them kind of upset uh, Virginia, I'm going to go with the – with the big team and pick Virginia by double digits. Uh, I think they win by 10 to 12 going away, but uh, I think it'll be fun early. I think the first half should be pretty interesting. Um, You know, on a side note, there's uh, a guy that bought the very beginning of the year on a futures bet that Auburn would win the national championship. And if they do, he'll make about $300,000. But I heard that he put his little uh, Vegas ticket up for sale for sixty-five grand. And <laughs> he's going to see if somebody is willing to buy it before the game today. So oh, that way I, he would at least walk away idea. with something. Great idea. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Why not? I mean, yeah, you're thinking you make all that money, but it's like, you know what? Probably end up being easier on taxes to get the sixty-five k and sell it on eBay or something. Probably. Right. Um, right. I, I, I'm going along with you, Nate. I, first of all, I, I, I like Virginia going into this, uh, this tournament. I, I wanted them to do well. And a big part of it being that they've had so many good teams and then just kind of crumbled oftentimes without really any uh, knowledge of why. And I feel like maybe them looking at this final four and seeing that they are like by far the highest ranked team, I mean, you can make you know statements about Michigan State, of course, but uh, I, it, they've got to be seeing we've got the the best chance we've ever had to get a title, and I think that that's probably deep into their psyche at this point. And uh, you know, I mean, they are the number one seed, the only number one seed left, right? So yeah, yes. you know, you got to think that you are the favorite, and you and if you play like it, uh, I think that they could end uh, Auburn's run. 
but uh, I, I don't have any problem with Auburn winning, as you guys have stated. But, I mean, it, it, this is a great Final Four. Anytime you've got a Final Four with very few number one seeds in it, I'm a happy person. Oh, yeah. I, no Duke, no, no North Carolina, no Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bunch of new teams, and that makes it exciting, for at least for Absolutely. me. Yeah, it's like it's like making sure the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the um, – I guess it's the only two teams that are always in it. St. Louis are not in the playoffs in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes it, it makes for a much more enjoyable time. Hey, my, I'm, and the I'm Dodgers. Kind of, hey, no. <laughs> hey, uh, hey. That was a, that was a, Nate, I'd give you a high five right now if you're sitting next to me. Oh, oh darn, it looks like we're losing. <laughs> I'm so bored with the Dodgers. <laughs> looks, looks, like, looks, like Nate, looks like Nate's phone might have gotten cut off. Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> Well, then this is why I'm cutting my side hustle today from one to four. I normally go till about nine at night because I'm watching this final four. Man, hands down, I'm it's really excited. Four, for four p.m. and like six p.m. right or six thirty. Yeah, it's four oh nine and six oh nine. Well, four oh nine for sure. Six oh nine is the estimated, depending on how long the person goes. Gotcha. So gotcha. now this is the All interesting right, so thing because let me ask put, you guys a quick question. Do you? Sure. So we've talked about this before. I'm going to go on just a little bit of a side tangent, but. Uh, you know, talking about the Super Bowl being played on Saturday. Now, we know both these games are being played today, but the championship is traditionally played on Monday. Now, should they consider Sunday, or should they consider, you know, doing the Final Four on Friday night and then the championship Saturday night? You know, are they doing it right? What do you guys think about that? Okay, well, I'm going to break this down for you really fast, and it has to do with the women's game because the women's game uh, championship game or Final Four is Friday night. It was last night. It's going to be Notre Dame-Baylor, and they play that game on Sunday. So the Mm -hmm. NC2A does not want to overlap on the women's game. They want to get the women's game as much exposure as they can, and they, they, they offset it with the men's game. Saturday is the obvious choice. Monday night is the obvious choice, just like they do with the national championship game in football. Unfortunately, it falls that way. Um, I don't think there's much that the NCAA can do about it because they want to. The, the women's game is getting very, very, very good over the last 20 years. And um, oh, they, they want to get as much exposure to that as they can. And putting them on on Sunday on a, a really off kind of a sport, not an off sports weekend, an off Sunday in sports. Um, and putting them on in prime time is, is a good thing. And here's the point that I wanted to get at. Michigan State's a two seed. Virginia's the one seed. So you tell me what the NCAA is thinking. The number one seed usually gets the prime time East Coast slot. <laughs> so now tell me they made a mistake with Michigan State putting them as a two seed. Well, I just think yeah. that Michigan State is, is going to draw a bigger audience. That's not the way that it usually works. I think they realize they made the mistake. So who, Michigan, Michigan State should have been a one. Who do you drop then? Who do you drop from a number one seed? Would you no, have dropped think, Gonzaga or, or Virginia? Uh, either of them. No, but see, that's what I think they were thinking. They were thinking that their two number one seeds were Gonzaga and Duke, and one of those were going to make it to the final four. Right. That's I think I, I'm guessing they scheduled these games already. No, no. Who they was were the so- other number one seed? Was it North Carolina or Kentucky? Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Okay. Yeah, Kentucky was a three, 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 okay. three, three or two. Uh, well, it's right in front of me. Two, because they were on the bottom. I say it's right in front of me. Yeah, they were two. I'm sorry. Yeah, two. Uh, yep. And then the other game is, you know, the, so the Michigan State Texas Tech. Uh, does anybody really? I mean, of course, it's it, it, there's a reason you play the games. 
but um, does anyone think that Texas Tech is really going to threaten Michigan State? There's a yes. lot of people that think that. Really? A lot of people are picking yes. Texas Tech I'm to beat Michigan State. I'm putting money on them today. I, I I thought you would, Nate. I was just, that 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 was going to be my next question out of my mouth. Are you putting money on Texas? <laughs> I know my my friend Howie and I were texting. Howie's putting he's putting his bankroll on Texas Tech today. I mean, based on I my future, I guess it's all in Texas. Current spread. I haven't I'll seen the current spread, but I'm going to lay down for sure. Uh, current spread. We'll get that That's up. We're just not on the front of Bovada. Well, you would think this would be the very first thing on Bovada would be the would be the spread. But so they've got Auburn at plus they've got Auburn at plus five point five and Texas Tech at plus two point five. Yeah, it's very very close. Yeah, in fact, it, they're on negative one fifteen and <coughs> Michigan Excuse State me. at negative two point five is a negative one hundred five. So right. better off to bet on Michigan. You know? Yeah, no, no, no. If you it's guys didn't easy. watch any football basketball this year, Texas Tech is a very very good team. In fact, they were they led the conference most of the year, um, and they played some very big games down there. Got the ghost of Bobby Knight. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, I know he's not dead, um, but <laughs> still, exactly. But they're 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 a really good team. Coach Beard there is is he's going to have those guys ready to play. The Red Raiders. Isn't that a nickname of like one of your uh, body parts, JP? <laughs> Those are I the red had rockets. I I, I, I I just oh the red rocket. That's right. Yeah, ask Carl about that. He gets all excited. He's scratching behind the ear. You know, he'll uh, he'll launch the rocket for you. Um, let's see. Is there anything? I guess I'm trying to think. Of like, it, there doesn't seem like there's a big story in NCAA basketball this year. It's like the biggest story seems to be that Zion Williamson joined the. Uh, group of you know uh, excelling ball players that's not going to get a title. Yeah, I think the theme that did come out of this year and that has played out kind of the last couple of years is you know what as good as these one and done freshmen are and that are going to be these top picks going to the NBA, it doesn't beat out teams. They and don't. They don't. Be, they don't want championships. Right. The teams have you people have been years and play yeah, well, together. And, and here is why Duke lost to Michigan State. Their inability, uh, inability to hit free throws all year long showed up right at the end of that game when, when uh, Barrett missed two one-and-ones, one and um, missed two of them, and the one he needed to miss, he made. It bounced up off the back rim and went straight down that he tried to miss. Well, and you think about the fact that Duke should have lost to – was it Old – that wasn't Old Dominion, was it? Who was it they should have – no, 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 almost it was like it was two like, rounds ago. Yeah, they should have no. lost that game. They won. They won two other games. I think. Oh, was, UCF seventy-seven. UCF. Yeah. And didn't they win like like three games by like five points or less? They were all close. Yeah. They were all close. Duke was really bad at shooting three pointers and really bad at um, shooting free throws. That was their mo all season long. How do you not be good at free throws? I have no idea, and that surprises me from a Coach K team. Yeah, it's just ah, uh, it's, it's got to be that. And I think that that doesn't have Coach K is going to be pissed off. Doesn't have multiple guys. Okay, so I I played basketball into high school, and you know, as a sophomore, that was my last year. But our coach, I mean, we we shot free throws half a practice. Yeah, we had a competition, and I mean, it was an important thing, and he really, really focused on it. And I gotta believe that college coaches do the same thing. 
Now, I think my take on this is it's pressure. You know, I think you can teach a kid to shoot a free throw and practice a free throw all day long, but to replicate the pressure that they feel is almost it's really tough to replicate that in practice. You know, I think there's a few things that you can kind of do to give that feeling, but you just can't replicate that exact pressure. And I think that's something that, you know, you can only coach it up so much. It's just something the kid has to be able to overcome on his own. And some kids can, and some can't. And I think that's the big thing with free throws in my opinion. Well, and Nate, I'm going to go one further with you on that one because we're playing up in Minneapolis in your new dome up there. Um, Everyone listens to knows knows Nate's a Vikings fan, and that's a glass ceiling dome, not a glass, but it's 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 a clear clear dome where where you know it's it's supposed to be like an open air dome, right? But it's it's clear. Now we always hear this when they play in domes like this, shooters struggling to hit shots because it's so different. Being in a huge the stadium like that, the lighting, the whole thing, the feel of where the basket is, your depth perception of being in a huge facility like that yeah. instead of, you know, a normal arena. JT, you know, I could you, make, you make such a great – that's a great point. And what it does is it brings up a, a good memory for me from the movie Hoosiers. You guys remember yeah. that movie? I, so I know exactly. you remember – I know exactly remember, where they going. made it to the state championship and they, you know – the coach, Gene Hackman, took him into the gym, and he took out a tape measure, and he had him, you know, measure the, the rim to the floor, 10 feet. You know, had him measure the free throw line to the baseline, 15 feet. And even though they were in this giant stadium compared to what they were used to, he was trying to show them that all the specs are still the same. Yep. I remember him, put put Ollie on your shoulders, give me the measurement from the rim to the floor. Yeah. And, yes. and you think, name, name, that, that's, that building is still in use today. Name the team that plays there. Ooh. I have no idea. Played there ever. Good one. <laughs> this is a good one because they still use the same gym. Only team I know is the Indiana Hoosiers, so, you know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they play in Assembly Hall, so. Nate, you, you, any guess? Well, geez, I'm not even sure. I guess uh, I don't even know that stadium. Somebody that Indiana. I would it be Indiana State where Larry Bird went? No, it's actually the Dayton Flyers. Oh, the Dayton Flyers. Okay. Yeah, they huh. still use that gym. Is that a <laughs> wow? Like college? Yeah, good oh, team. Good. I didn't know what this uh, mascot was. Yeah, serious question. What that is, that would have been what a good. What is the Flyers anyway? That's like, Philadelphia I, Flyers. What is the what are the Flyers? I have no idea. Just going fast, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, you know it's what? somebody I, that has wings, right? Yeah. To play devil's advocate to your guys' um, statements on free throws, so they talk about Navy SEALs, right? They say that um, when it comes down to moments of stress and pressure, you'll revert to your training, and that's why the training is so incredibly intensive to be a Navy SEAL. And the idea is. That when things get bad, when you're no longer able to think, you'll revert to like muscle memory. You'll revert mm-hmm. to what you were taught, not just taught a little bit in a classroom or something like that, but what you were repetitively pounded into you over and over and over so that you just fall back into your, your what you were trained to do as opposed to what you might think about doing. And I guess that comes up to my mind when it comes to the free throws in in basketball, that 
I, I, I wonder if they don't shoot as many as they used to. If they spend more time doing ISO plays and drawing up plays and things like that, or if it's even more that, bad, that college has gotten more and more strict on the amount of time that you can spend doing sports because of the pushback on the fact that it's supposed to be a scholarship for college and not a scholarship to be a, a sports player. Well, I, I, and I'm just going to double that. I have no idea if that's go true. Ahead, well, I have, a, I have an interesting question to ask you guys. So can you name the biggest pressure-packed moment in sports that you were involved in personally and was, you know, for you? Was it in high school? Was it in college? Was it when you were a kid? Like, can you think back to, like, one moment in your history, like your your, your limited sports careers, <laughs> where where you felt so much pressure and it made it, you know, it made the difference and it you, you yeah. failed. Oh no! You, I actually do you have one? In, I remember. <laughs> do you have one in mind? Do you have one in mind? Yeah, it was uh, for men's league softball, the championship game. And we, we were losing in that last inning, and I came up and got a hit up the middle and drove Peyton in. And I'll never forget the first oh, base coach grabbing me, and yeah, grabbing me as I passed first base and yanked me off the base, hugging me. For, that was one of our that's one of our first titles that we won as, on the men's team. But oh, okay. uh, cool. I, I've I've never been a good sports player because I'm not very coordinated and I'm not very athletic. So I was rarely on on winning teams in my whole life. So that's why softball was always so much fun to me because we actually won. Yeah. JP? Um, you know, the one that comes to me is one that probably shouldn't. I mean, senior baseball, I already blew my knee on. I probably shouldn't have been playing at all because I couldn't play catcher anymore. I just played on the team because my friends were there, and I played baseball all my life. What would you play? What's that? I was just a utility outfielder. Oh, gotcha. That, I, I played every position in baseball because I, I played ah. on, on – um, on township teams that suck. Sorry, Dad. Dad was coach. Um, but he he won. <laughs> wow! Cha- I just throw Dad under the bus. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a caveat that. Caveat that. He won championships with the girls' softball team. Ah. that's the, that's the caveat. So what you're saying is the girls were good ball players, but you all suck. We had no talent. On <laughs> Phil Geiger, Metzger, Brian Snyder. That Ooh, was our Metzger. talent. There we go. Um, you know, we had a little talent. Salmon. We had some talent, but then <laughs> we the, we had some non-talent. Tell but, me about the moment. <laughs> Tell me the about moment, the moment. I had a guy on second. We needed to tie the game, or I actually—I I don't know if we needed to tie the game, or I would have brought the winning run in. Um, I struck out looking, and the pitch was inside. I should have fouled it off. I mean, I even put my arms out. That's how inside it was, and he called strike three. And I just looked, and I just gave him this look, and he just looked at me. I wanted to punch him. I almost lost my goal. <laughs> I, I mean, I was so—I was like. I know I should have actually fouled the ball off somehow, but it was so far inside. I didn't think he was ever going to call it a ball. Wow! And that—that that was so. And it was, that's the thing. You I mean, you think he never called it a strike? A strike. I, that's what I'm sorry. But I never. I, I. I. In my head, as a baseball player growing up, I knew I needed to foul that pitch off, but I yeah. didn't get my arms around it. You know, Nate. Oh. Uh, this. 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 What actually? You know what? Kind of. This one popped into my head as JP was talking. Last season in co-ed softball, you remember Team Ethanol, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, it was always just that annoying thing where we never beat them. And Team Ethanol essentially became a team called Drunk Muppets now. And <laughs> it's got almost all the same girls. They have different guys now than they used to because a lot of those guys – Wait a second. Um, girls called Drunk Muppets? 
Yeah. Is are they cute? Can I uh, come to a game? <laughs> uh, one of them's kind of cute. The other ones are pretty burlish. Okay. But you know, they're bigger uh, than I'm, you are. Oh boy. Amazing ball players. <laughs> I mean, really talented players, of course. And the the guys are mostly like ringers that play obviously play college ball and stuff. But right. anyway. Um, we never, ever have beaten them. I, I, I can't remember ever beating ethanol or ever we beating beat them. them. We beat Team Ethanol? I remember beating them. Yeah, we beat them, but it wasn't in the playoffs. It was in, during the regular season. Wow. I don't remember that at all because we always talk about how yeah. we've never ever beaten that team, and that's what's been so frustrating. And this last year, we were de- we held them. Uh, we were like neck and neck, five to five, and then six to six, I think it was, in that last inning. And then they went ahead and scored three runs. And we were down to – we scored two runs. Then the bases were – or we were scored one run. Bases were loaded. And the one girl that played for our team, who's a sweetheart, but she just can't hit the ball very hard, she got like the only hit – it might have been the only hit of the season for her, maybe one of like three hits for the whole year. And she got a hit and drove a run in. And so I came up with the bases loaded with two outs, and I hit a weak dribbling grounder to the second baseman to end the game. <laughs> and that was, that was hard because it was like – I you know, and I think part of it, and I know this is because really weird. Because she succeeded and – I just had assumed that it was already over because when she got yeah. up, I was like, Oh, she'll just be out. It'll be over. And so like, you kind of drop that intensity and I think yeah, I wasn't you, able to get it back. You, you lost your focus. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> able to get back into the, into the mindset. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you, when your mind wanders from what the, the, the task is, how easily you can't get it back. You know, and they, it was a crazy thing that my boss talked to me about the, uh, about probably like six months ago. And I went into his office and he closes the door a lot. And I knocked on the door because I had to ask him about a, a meeting we were going to have to have. And I was like, I'm sorry to disturb you with your door closed. He's like, no, I was actually in between things. But he goes, the reason I close my door all the time is that reason is that when your door is open, people will stop by. And even if it's just to say, hey, hope you're having a good day or, hey, I saw this. He's like, it could be just a two second conversation. But he goes, anytime you're interrupted, he talked about he was taking this like master's course in mm-hmm. uh, time management and things like that. And it said it takes an average of 40 minutes into a task to get fully enveloped and get going full speed into something and really working on if you're creating a presentation or you're creating a spreadsheet or whatever it is, it takes about 40 minutes to get into the mode. And if someone breaks that, you start all over. And so like the other thing that he was talking about, how it turns off email notifications and then would shrink his email down to the, the toolbar. And that way it wouldn't have those little messages pop up saying that you got this new email mm-hmm. because every time that would pop up, that would grab your attention for a second. And even if you didn't go to that email, if it made you think about something for a second, it would break your concentration on what you were doing. And so yeah. when you talk about getting back into that mindset, it mm-hmm. is, I mean, it takes, it, it's just, it's, it's so much harder than you think we, than we appreciate, you know, it, it is, it is, it is. It definitely is. And you know, you mentioned that story. I mean, you know, we're an educational show here too, besides sports. People <laughs> up at Spice used to walk by Jules, the executive assistant, Amy Grove, our wedding coordinator, Michelle Carr, our, our, our corporate sales specialist, to me. They would go past all three of those people to come <laughs> ask me a question that all three of those people could answer. But because they knew, right? Because yeah. The people and it's just like, I'd off. never get anything done sometimes. It is. It's, it, it's very frustrating. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, just, that's a that's a good question. I mean, did you have did you have an, yeah, an what's example? Yours, mate? Well, so <laughs> you know, you guys know I was a pretty good golfer at least back in the day. Um, yes. Uh, I, Nate, uh, Nate, you played. You 
tell me if, if I'm wrong, but you played for Nebraska. For a year, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what happened is, okay, so, in you know, our golf season was in the fall in high school and, you know, in South Dakota, you know, it was, it got pretty cold, you know, we'd have our state championship like mid-October. Well, for whatever reason, I always peaked at the end of the season, always. I always kind of started slow, but then I would always get hot, you know, for our regional tournament. And the regional tournament was right before state. And that's how you qualified for state. And that's where it depended where you like were placed, you know, and all that. Well, the year before my junior year, I tied for first in the region and I lost in the playoff hole on the first playoff hole. And then my senior year, I actually won the regional and I sunk like a 30 foot putt on the 18th hole to win it by a shot. I didn't know it was for the win when I had the putt. Anyway, I ended up in the first group at state with three other guys. And one of them is a, you know, it turned into a, a PGA player. So, uh, you know, some really good golfers. And it was on a golf course that I was unfamiliar with, uh, Spearfish Canyon, which is on the opposite side of South Dakota that, that where I grew up in the mountains. So it was like Great. a mountain course. Okay. So setting the stage, right? So anyway, you know, we get there first you know first tee i'm in the first group with these guys and i mean the fairways were pretty lined i mean there was probably i don't know 100 200 people watching and uh you know mark you know mark saying how you kind of revert to your instinct well that is not what happened to me <laughs> i got up on the first tee i was actually the fourth one to go cuz i had the lowest score out of everybody so they all went teed off of course all all three of them smashed it right down the middle 300 yards i stepped up and i snapped it out of bounds like out on the highway on my first tee shot and then i went up i had to re-tee i snapped that one out of bounds oh. so here here i am on the first tee these three guys i'm playing with are 300 yards down the middle teeing off hitting five <laughs> Ooh, Alex, so yeah. I ended up getting an eleven on the hole. Oh, my worst my worst score ever on a golf hole. In the history of like I can't even remember any time I was even close. Well I did go on to shoot an eighty two, which wow. I thought was probably the best round of golf I've ever played in my life. <laughs> because I yeah. You know, I was uh, with an 11 on the first hole being a par four. I was seven over on the first hole, and it was a par 72 course. So I sh I played 17 holes three over after that. Wow. So, but I ended up, you know, I think I ended up like 27th place or something overall. It was a two-day tournament. But I always remember that moment stepping up on the first tee, and I thought the club was going to fly out of my hands. My hands were so sweaty. <laughs> yeah that would be whew. yeah I, you know i know we're we're getting close to almost half hour but I, My, I i don't know if you remember this but i caddied for you at flat irons for the boulder open the one year oh, on the first yeah. day boy you had a rough time that day and you remember what you said no you you said you, you went to me he's like jp he's like i don't think i smoked enough today yet <laughs> 
awesome. You literally said that on the third hole. Got to find that that perfect <laughs> midpoint, like when you're playing pool, and it's like I need four beers just to make sure that I'm just comfortable enough to make this shot, but not five beers because then my vision will be too. Yeah, I mean Nate don't Nate Paul course. I've I've never seen him hit the ball so bad at flat out. <laughs> yeah, yep. he's still on the terrible. Well, yeah, I, I mean, think we ended up oh, shooting like 79 or something. But. Nick having 11 on the first two holes, and he still beat me. Yeah, I, I mean, know. <laughs> if, I get, if I get 105, like when I was out in Florida for that business meeting went golf with those guys, I straight up said to them, I was like, so just so you know, 100 for me is a good game, just so you're not expecting anything, anything. crazy. And the funny thing was, my first shot off the tee was a gorgeous shot. I mean, I just walloped that thing. Also, uh, the first game uh, of uh, the whole year, right? So your first swing, you've Got all your bad habits are gone, right? Yeah. So it was nice and controlled and smooth and kept and then my he head went down and everything. And I actually played really well for the first like five or six holes, and then things kind of started going south. I started hitting every single water trap that there was. But it, the funny thing was, one of the guys I was golfing with, he hit his first shot was just a, like like an embarrassing shot, right? Like it bounced like twice off to the side and shot into some bushes. You know, that was it. it went like maybe 10 yards or something like that. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, I don't feel so bad now. I don't have to worry. This guy can't golf either. Of course by the time he got like whole six and he was warmed up and then he, he played fantastic since then. So it is interesting how that stuff goes. You know, it's like, how do you keep your yeah. muscle memory? Clean? How do you, for me, I always know a big problem is the fatigue yeah. is that I, I don't like to play oh, 18 yeah. holes. Yeah, I don't either. Because after hole 12, my shoulders start getting fatigued and I just yep. don't hit the same way, you know, and, that, yep. and that's in the cart, let alone if I'm walking the thing, mm-hmm. I can still walk it with yep. nine holes problem but that whole nine i can already start to feel it as you start getting lazy you know you drop that shoulder and you're swinging like a baseball instead of swinging like a golf club so yep. all right um, so should we wrap up the final four here how much it work? i have oh, nothing here, else to well, say here, about it so here's my key to virginia auburn virginia's defense is the best in the country the best at, at getting the three-point shot if auburn doesn't drop the three-point ball they are going to be out of this game. If they can, they're going to have Virginia scrambling around, scoring points, which Virginia can score points. Yes. But Virginia can slow this game down as much as they can, and Auburn's going to try to run the ball as much as they can. Auburn's got to drop the shots early on this Virginia team, and that's the key to that game. Michigan State, Texas Tech, if Texas Tech, and they, they play like their coaches. If the coach is tight, the players play tight, and he's going to need a mm. quick timeout. He had to do this early, and he did this in the tournament. So they, they feed day. off of him a lot. They feed off of him a lot. He has a lot of energy. Fun coach to, to play for. If the Texas Tech team comes out like they played all year, nothing to lose, don't worry about tomorrow, just let it on the line like they've been all year, they'll be fine against Michigan State. Now, Michigan State should have been a one seed. Make no mistake about it. At the end, the only reason they were two is because they were injured during the year a lot. Now they're healthy. If Texas, Do you think they should have gotten Michigan's number one seed? Michigan wasn't a one seed. They should have got either Gonzaga oh, or Virginia. Michigan wasn't number one. No, they were two. That's right. We just went yeah. over that. Sorry. Um, they should have got Gonzaga or Virginia's. I would have say they oh, – I Gonzaga, You know yeah. what? I'm, I'm going to tell you this. They should have got Gonzaga because Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's in their tournament. Right. They got a, a, a late loss. Yes. And that hurt Gonzaga, I think, losing to St. Mary's. Um, Especially think, in that I, conference. It's not like it was yeah. an ACT loss. Exactly. You know, it was a, Virginia had yeah. an ACC. Where is Gonzaga's conference? Uh, Western Athletic Conference. Oh, or Western, Western something, <laughs> something. Mountain West? It's not no, not Mountain West. No, no, no. They're not in the Mountain West. It's it's even a smaller conference than the Mountain West. Wow. So, 
I, I mean, guess you're we talking St. Mary, San Francisco. Is a really small school. I mean, that's they why they were a Cinderella yeah. for all those years. So, you know, that's the big thing. Texas Tech, if they, they just hang it all on the line and play loose and play their game and not get stuck in playing. And remember, Tom Izzo only has one national championship under his belt for how many Final Four appearances he yeah, has. Really? Yes. Just the one with Mateen Cleave, that's it? Yes, and, and he was one in four wow. until they beat the last this last weekend. He was one in four against Duke in the tournament. Wow, so, yeah, I was going to say, they have been in a lot and, of and he was, fours. I think he was 1-12 against Duke lifetime going into that game. So, you know, Michigan State is definitely well, I mean, beatable. So, so let's just give him, let's just I, say. I know three. that uh, <laughs> Vegas agrees with you, JP, because I know Michigan State has been the favorite this week to win everything, uh, slightly ahead of Virginia. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And, and here's what I'm hoping. I want to see Auburn, Texas Tech in, in the final. I would love to see well, that. Well, yeah, who does? I just want to see some good <laughs> well, I don't want to see that because I want to see the two teams I have futures bets on well, in yeah. the title game. But as far as for the sporting part, the of, sporting it, part of it, I would love to see the two yeah. lowest seats. Well, well, the two teams that oh, have never Mark been. Mark has money on Michigan State. That means I'm definitely going to bet on on Tech then. Do it, man. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I might throw <laughs> I load on Tech. Only I yet. could lose a bet on Atlanta Falcons with the biggest lead in the history of the Super Bowl and still blow it. Thanks a lot, Matt Ryan. You know, you, your career sucks. Mark, Mark, Ade- Mark, Mark Ademus in his name here has the KOD on so many teams. Dude, I will never forget the uh, – I will never forget that 1300 the, that idiot cost me. So, uh, the, just Broncos, the Broncos should try to trade for Matt Ryan. Boy, if they, if they want to lose me as a fan, that's how they could do it. I mean, they, they're risking it with Joe Flacco. <laughs> because, I mean, Joe Flacco is one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen in the last three years at the starters. So, but you know what? Uh, I think we're going to find out. Unless the Broncos are able to do something else with that line, he's not going to do any better than Simeon did. not going to do no. any better than Paxton did. not no. going to do better than Osweiler did. No. Because you can't do anything when you have no time to throw. Uh, unless you've got a great coach like Bilicek and McDaniel's done your coordinator and you're coming up with, you know, quick two-second rounds, well, and the Broncos can't do I think you'll be surprised. I think he's a better quarterback than you think he is, and I think coaching is going to turn that program around. I do. I think, you know, I don't think they're much better than 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6, and six, but, I mean, that's a lot better than 5-11. and I would be happier if they won <laughs> I would be thrilled. I, I would say seven games should be a marker that you should strive for this year. Yeah, I mean, they make yeah. it an eight. I, Thrilled. If and, and I'd be thrilled at eight, eight. And I, I hope I am wrong on Joe Flacco. I could not. I will not. I, I could not be happier than to admit I was wrong that Joe Flacco was not a disaster. I'm just well, going by the last. The best quarterback years. that team's had in four years. So <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, yeah that's probably yeah. true. You can't deny that he is better than a seventh round pick and a first round bust. I'll give him that. You know, he's not yeah. nearly as good as I think he's gotten credit for. And I still think his Super Bowl was just a was a goof. I don't think that was really that. Well, I think he just hit his defense. zone. He well, was in his zone too, in a lot of defense. But he, but he just got into the zone, and they should have gotten been eliminated by the Broncos. And if it wasn't for uh, Raheem Moore's uh, ridiculous play, so yeah. um, let's jump into baseball because we have the first week of the season, and it has been a doozy. It has. Let me apologize to Nate here uh, first. You know, just for last night's game. Sorry, 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 buddy. You know, what Hoskins, happened last night? Hoskins oh. kind of took the goodness of you. Uh, the Phillies scored five runs on the got, uh, It was all the first inning, man. Did you watch any of it? I didn't get to watch any of it, unfortunately. Oda Rizzi didn't even make it out of the first inning. No. Yeah, the boy, Oda Rizzi, that him. guy just – boy, what a what a talented guy that just never can harness his talent. I but, feel so bad for but him. But your boy Franco hit for the cycle. 
Uh, Polanco, yes. Polanco, Polanco, I'm sorry, Polanco, Polanco. I don't know why I said Polanco. He was was five for five, and he hit for the cycle. He must have have scored some points in fantasy yesterday. Yeah, I think he's Anderson's player, isn't he? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Anderson had a huge day yesterday. Because he had Mike Trout, who hit two home runs. He had a guy hit the cycle. He's like only like 30 or 40 back now. Oh, wow. Yeah, but he's down three starts. That's going to be tough. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's been a two things I, that impressions I've gotten from the first week of baseball. First one is I can't remember the last time so many of the top-tier players are playing like top-tier players. Oh, yep, yep. That's been a long time since I've seen mm-hmm. that. Like, there's very few really good players. That you're like, boy, that guy's really having tough or a, a bad start. I mean, there's obviously there's some. There's always a few. But there's boy compared to most years, this is shockingly normal to what I've gotten used to. Usually, mm-hmm. the first few weeks are like when you get these scrubs who play well, and some superstars play like garbage. But I mean, instead, you're seeing Bellinger playing great. You're seeing uh, Trout playing great. You're seeing Harper playing great. You're seeing Machado play pretty darn well. You're seeing uh, uh, Degrom pitch out of his gourd. Mm-hmm. You're seeing Mookie Betts play fantastic. You're seeing, I mean, in, you look at the first round picks in our draft. Boy, there are not many disappointments in that first round so far. I'm just, just I'm sure. <laughs> Who's your first round pick? Arenado, but he hasn't been terrible. Oh, I was going to say, I thought you did okay. Now, I, I know your second round. A, he hasn't hit a homer yet, but. Well, you know what? I don't get too shocked by that. That was how he was last year. He didn't hit home runs hardly yeah. at all until until May. And then he then he right. ended up leading at home runs. So, um, but I got to say, uh, and team-wise, though, is not the same. Now, Nate, I know you drafted Sale, and he's been a, almost a, a disaster thus far. Not that his second start was nearly as bad as his first, but uh, panic time for the Red Sox. Obviously, you don't panic this early. It's one week into the season. It's a marathon. Boy, 2-7 and seven to start, last place in the East. They cannot pitch to save their life. No, I mean, here, here's, here's the good point. I mean, Just like the Cubs. 40 run, Red Sox, 40 run, 41 runs scored on them, or they scored 41. They've had 67 scored against that. Yeah. I mean, they've given up 23 home runs already this year. So just put it in yeah, perspective. O- Oakland's Tampa had Bay, their number, too. Tampa Bay Devil Rays have had 13 runs against. Yeah. And, dude, I drafted Tyler Glass now, and the guy looks like the freaking stud <laughs> that we've been told he was like three years. Uh-huh. Again, it's only two starts in. He could be a disaster. Tampa but boy, might, fantastic. Tampa might have the best pitching staff in the major leagues. They look great. They look they great. Look really, really good, man. They look really good. And they've only scored 27 and they're in oh, their first place. Lord. I mean, that just goes to show you. I mean, that doesn't, that's not much room for air, no. but they don't really have any hitters. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot for them to do now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so Yankees look okay. And, and how but the it, Yankees have got so many injuries. They have got like, Oh, 12 they guys. just got crushed in the first week. Yeah. Now tell me how, who in major league baseball gives the Yankees. And this is this, they're three and four right now. They play two two stands against the Orioles, the worst team in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, who set this up? I'm glad that they're three and four and yeah. not undefeated. Look at, the, at this point. Well, the Orioles have our four and three. They're ahead I, of them. I know. So oh, I'm looking at this. And how do you get and two of course, stands? You know, again, it's the first week. Yeah. You know, it, who knows what's going to happen? It's a long time to go. 
long time, 21 weeks left. But it's astounding when you look at what the Yankees have lost. Yeah. So, I mean, Severino is still not throwing off a mound, which is no. not a good sign. No. Uh, he's on my fantasy team, so I hope he <laughs> turns it around. But uh, he's not throwing yet. Didi Gregorius is still on track to return, uh, but that's not going to be until probably June. They've lost Giancarlo Stanton mm-hmm. for a while, and I can't remember what his injury is. I don't think it's like a debilitating one, but it's going to be a little while. They lost their stud Andahar probably for the year, although they haven't determined that yet. But they have – Nate, am I wrong? Is, is, is it eight or is it nine players on the, on the I.L.? It's something I think crazy. I heard eight, eight yesterday. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's a huge number when you're this early into the season. And they and the Red Sox both look like disasters right now. The Yankees not nearly as much as the Red Sox. The Red Sox look just in chaos. And what's, even, what's really scary, I think, for the Red Sox is that their hitting is fine. And they still look like a disaster. And so if that team is hitting well and not, and not winning, that means the pitching is atrocious. And it has been just ugly. I mean, Porcello last night got destroyed sales for oh, yeah. price, has, price hasn't been very good either i mean price price kind of tread water when he pitched he's only had one start and it wasn't terrible um he got a no decision if i if i remember right but it's just you know they don't what are they hanging their hat on i mean this is getting scary for a team that is i mean this is a world series champion that was well, it was a steamroll last year. how many how many home runs did yeah. the diamondbacks have last night four I don't. I know Kittle Marte hit a grand slam. That's yeah, all I, I know. I saw the grand slam, but I know there was another home run I saw in the highlights. I'm sure there was a few. I mean, they got they would they give up eight, 13 runs or something or something like that. I, I I don't know. It's just it it's it's staggering. It's it you don't see this with a World Series champion, and that's even including the fact that they got they sent off their reliever Joe Kelly to the Dodgers, who has been maybe it's a Red Sox disease. Because that Joe Kelly has – the Dodgers almost should cut him. He's been that bad. I mean, I know it's just – it's the first week and whatever. But he has been so bad. That yeah, you, he is the only reason the Dodgers have a loss. You, you've gone off on Joe Kelly a bunch of times. Unbelievable. The guy has – he has pitched four innings and blown three leads in Ugh. two games. The only two losses the Dodgers have are when Joe Kelly has pitched and screwed it up. So I'm sure he'll turn it around. I mean, he was a great reliever last year. But relievers are year to year. You never know. That's I true. I mean, you know, close, closers are, are a big deal because they are tend to be I, consistent. I agree. And I think that's where you're going to see the big drop off with the Red Sox this year. Is I think they kind of caught lightning in a bottle with their uh, bullpen last year. Now, granted, Kimbrell was, was great. And he is great. But the guys they had leading up to him were all kind of a bunch of no names. And they really pitched well in the playoffs and uh Very. they don't they don't seem to have that that mojo at least not yet this year and you know obviously losing Kimbrell so uh well, I so think that's going to be their big their big albatross this year no but answer that question Nate why is why are they why are they bringing Kimbrell back I mean they are in free fall and no one's signing Kimbrell yeah I can't understand that I, the best I mean the only reason that no one signed him I think is because he, he's got to just be asked a lot of money. I just don't understand it. I mean, the season but has started. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? As, as an impact, impact. I'd say, whatever you want, whatever you're looking for, I'll do. I'll give you a one-year deal. I won't give you extra years. I'll give you one year. Give but if you're a competing yeah. team, right now, give them one. Yeah, like the Dodgers. I'm like, oh, well, the Dodgers don't get him. Other than the Dodgers, probably don't want him because they're worried that he'll want 
the closer duties, and and, right. and he's not going to get he's that. Not gonna get, I think the Phillies, the Phillies could use him too. I think the I Phillies, the Phillies have tried to, I, anything. I think the <laughs> Phillies have been trying to talk to him. And did I see is, is Kukul, Keichel or whatever? Dallas Keichel Ke- still a free he's, agent. He's still a free agent. What's up now with that? that is, see, Keichel doesn't strike out, and he doesn't have good peripherals. Uh-huh. He just has been on a good team, and he kind of gets lucky. Kind of got and, I mean, you, you can only say luck for so long, right? right I mean, right. you're good. But the guy is – I mean, he had that one like Cy Young year, but then he hasn't really been like that pitcher ever again. Right. Okay. He's been much more down to earth. His doesn't shock me as much because there's so much young pitching talent. There is. There definitely so, is. But, yeah, I, I think the Phillies have contact with Kimbrell. I, I think that 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 uh, Keiko would be an awesome fit with the Padres. There he is. That stadium kind of – it's the great equalizer for pitchers, first of all. You know, because that's probably the best pitcher's stadium in major leagues. And, you know, you got a young team that views some veteran presence, you know, with a guy like him. Um, it, that's their weakest, you know, that's their weakest position is starting pitching. I mean, I bet you you guys can't even name two of their starting pitchers, maybe not even one. So, I know I could. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and, and so, you know, those, those are a big fit three. there the big three, you know, San Diego starters, and they were all sleepers this year, and they all look good. Uh, San Diego, I think, is making their Mets, Phillies, Braves step this year. I think you're going to see that. I think they're going to end up being a pretty darn good team. Uh, I think Machado was a great signing to add to a lot of those young players, and, for you know, Ted Teese is up and playing well. Uh, I think it's a strong team, and uh, I I think the National League is going to be very fun. The Phillies are – what did we – I mean – and when we preview, I mean, I, I know that I did, and I'm sure you did, and I think Nate did previewing the Phillies. Like, dude, this team, this look at this lineup now. Look at this pitching staff. This is a this is a tough team. Well, and they're five and one for a reason. Well, well, and the only reason they have a loss is uh, they had an error in the eighth that pulled the the Nationals tied to go into extra innings. There you go. It's like the Dodgers. <laughs> the Dodgers are six and two. Only reason they have two losses because Joe Kelly Joe blew Kelly. them. And then the Brewers are seven and one. Yeah, like four home runs in four games. Well, he looks like an MVP again, doesn't he? <laughs> that guy's like the straw that stirs the drink. And, you know, the, the the Brewers are kind of a shocker because they don't have the bullpen they had last year. Uh, but Hayter has been absolutely lights out as a closer. He, I mean, he's destined to be one. Um, and he's looked fantastic. That team is playing. It makes it look like they, sh- they certainly did not look like they were a fluke. Looks like they were the, uh, a champion or a division champion last week year for a reason. And here's what I like and about I my think they have a great manager, a great manager. That's true. Who's their manager again? Is it Yost? Craig, no. Craig Council. Craig Council Craig from Council, the Mar- yeah. Marlins. Now, here's what I like about the Phillies. I mean, their one, three, and five hitters are now batting five, seven, and eight. So huge. It, opening day. You walk Harper to put him on first. You got to hit, get Hoskins. Hoskins hits a home run. And the best thing is that Hoskins should have a good year this year because he's passed his sophomore slump. Yes. Usually this Three for last night. And it's the same thing with Bellinger, right? Bellinger had his great rookie year. Yep. Most home runs ever for a rookie uh, in the National League. And then Chris Bryant, uh, too. Pretty iffy. Yeah. And then, boom, he was just – Chris Bryant, what? I was just saying Chris Bryant's one of those guys, too. That you know had oh, kind I of a sophomore slump, and because he certainly isn't playing that great this year, but um, he's not been terrible either. He's just not been. I, I, I'm hoping he reverts back to MVP form for me in my fantasy team. But uh, 
but you know, I mean, the Bellingers, I, and I mean, again, first week, who knows what's going to happen? But Bellinger's batting 400 something. He's got six dingers. Uh, he's hit a home 438 run. Is, is what he's batting right now. Yeah, hit a home run almost every game. Yeah, he's got 13 ribbies. I'm telling you, it's it's the new goatee, man. It, it, he looks like a completely different person, and so no one knows how to pitch him because they forgot who he was. And so the, the beard is, is getting him nice curveballs right down the right down the pipe. Uh-huh. So, uh, there you go. Uh, but what a great – I mean, the National League it looks awesome. It looks like – I mean, the powers that should be are B right now. Yeah. I am worried about the Rockies. Uh, last night, the Dodgers, the Dodgers could be a scary team this year, and I think we could see oh. – I, I would be shocked if it's not Phillies, uh, you know uh, – uh, Brewers and, and Dodgers because the Dodgers look amazing and they don't have their two top pitchers. Right. Both Rich Hill and Kershaw are on the bench right now. Yeah. And they're oh, still Oh, and Kershaw's coming back soon though. And that's great. I mean I mean adding Kershaw to a team that's steamrolling, I mean, my God. I, I hope it's Phillies Dodgers because I, I want I revenge. Too. I want revenge for that Matt Stairs grand slam. All I want to do is see him strike out Bryce Harper with a base I, I used to take a nice picture. Inning. You should take a picture right now. You should take a picture of my Phillies uh, windbreaker right now here. Because yeah. that's what you're going to be. The, the hunt for Red October is going to be going on, baby. I got this in 2008 when we won the pennant, baby. I still have it. Bleed blue. Bleed blue. <laughs> so uh, I think we could have a very a very fun season in the National League. In the American League, um, so first off, you know, Nate, you talked about Chris Davis a lot, and guy looks fantastic. I mean, he there's still that fear that he does strike. I mean, I think he struck out almost a third of his at-bat so far, which is never a good thing. But, boy, does that guy have power. I mean, it's pretty much a home run or nothing. But, boy, that guy is just a – he's an RBI machine. Uh, I, I'm not sure if the A's have enough pitching to win that division. I mean, the Mariners are in first place at 7-2. and two. Makes it look like all the changes they didn't made we, in the offseason. Uh, didn't we dog well. the Mariners on our previews? And well, they're, they're rebuilding. <laughs> they're rebuilding. But I, I, I just think it's that they – the Astros are 3-5. and five. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. They're who not they, hitting. Who do they open up with? I don't even remember now. I don't know. I just know they're not hitting. And that, that's a weird thing. I think thing they opened up with Tampa. Let's uh, see. Yeah, they did. So they they yeah. went 1 and 1 and 3 against Tampa and they went uh 1 and 3 against the Rangers and then they beat the A's last night. Yeah. So, um yeah, I mean they're just I you know, and it's early. Like I said we you can't get you Marathon. can't go crazy. It's just but I mean, their team batting average is 240. This is a team that scores runs at a crazy clip. I mean, their on-base percentage is 311. That's just bad, you know. And I, again, of, of course, it's just you know this. All these things could be just little tiny blips, and by June everything looks normal again. But I just love yeah. you, you, you love seeing some interesting things going on to start the season and make it interesting and, and maybe some changing of the guard in some well, places. Let's go back to the NL real quick. How about the Cubbies here? Their team ERA is over seven runs a game right now. Their ballpens already gave up 21 walks. Yeah. I don't know what to think. That team could be in trouble. They, they could be in a lot of trouble. They, not, they could be fine, but I just still think that the Cubs, they were never as good as they looked that world series year. And I don't think they'll ever have trouble scoring runs. I mean, they've got Chris Bryant, yeah. they've got Anthony Rizzo, they've got Javier Baez, and he's playing. He's already going off again. I mean, they got plenty of hitters. It's definitely. It, but like you bring out, you point out that pitching. And Hendricks has never been what he showed us that one playoff year. 
Uh, Lester is, I think he's finally just gotten over the age hump and it's just, you know, nothing against him. It's just, you know, father time catches up to everybody. You it know? does. It's inevitable. And uh, if the bullpen's not playing well, I can't even really name much of their bullpen. I mean, I know they had, they, they brought in Morrow to be a closer. I don't know if he still is a closer. Nate, do you know? He, he is. I don't know if he's healthy. Uh, I don't know if he's actually playing right now or not, but he's their closer. As far as I know, um, they have Carl Edwards, who's a pretty good young pitcher. Uh, they used to have Pedro Strope. I'm not sure if he's still there or not, but they've got some pieces. You know, I, mean, I, I think they're just, for whatever reason, they're just struggling as a team out of the gates, you know. It looks like they do have, it looks like Strope is their closer now. Um, and I mean, they oh. got Steve Shishek that they got from the Marlins, I think, two years ago, or maybe the. Actually, maybe he went to the Mariners and then to the Cubs, but he's a good player. Yeah. But, you know, um, I, and I can tell you, I, I've got him on my team as Quintana, and Quintana got just destroyed last night. Uh, didn't look so good in his long-term, long-inning relief of Hugh Darvish, who's another issue. Hugh Darvish looks – he looks worse than he did when he was tipping his pitchers for the Dodgers. I mean, he looks just – I don't even know. What would you call that? I mean, I think I, he looks hurt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe he is hurt, and we just he, don't know it. Hurt, but, confidence is gone. I mean, Cole Hamels is not yeah. looking strong. I mean, boy, I tell you what, I mean, they, you, oh, shoot, this stupid video is going to start. I will tell you one thing about Darvish, and this is just because I, based on experience, I actually have the guy on my fantasy team now, and I've had him on my fantasy team a few times, and he is always terrible the first month of the season, always. So uh, that could just be, you know, he's kind of a slow starter, and you know, he he is a year he is a year removed from Tommy John. So you know, that's another thing. Some guys just never get that control back, you know. And if you don't get the control, obviously, I don't care how hard you throw. So, so is he, how many years is how many years does he out from Tommy John? Is it three? No, no, just one. No, so no, I no, guess he technically picked- two. Technically, too, because he pitched yeah, last he pitched year. And then, and then last year he, he was had, a disaster. Yeah, last year was his first full season coming off the Tommy John. Oh, the year he played for the Dodgers, he didn't play a full season. I didn't realize that. Yes, correct. Okay, so I I didn't realize he was that that recent from Tommy John, but uh, yeah, it's just boy, we'll see. I don't know. I don't. Uh, well, but I can made... tell you, I'm taking him out of my lineup for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope. I would hope. I, but I'm hoping on Kershaw. I think he's got one more rehab start, and uh, I'm hoping he'll be back soon. So, well, you know, I'm hoping for uh, for Kershaw. Um, yeah. Uh, now things always get skewed to start the year because there's so little time, right? So um, you'll see people bouncing up and down on the points totals for fantasy uh, baseball. Now, Bellinger leads the way at 71 points, and that's because of the multitude of home runs and RBIs. Christian Yelich is second. We talked about him before. I mean, the guy's just been gangbusters. He's the straw that stirs the drink in Milwaukee, and he really, he's like a Barry Bonds for them. He, he really is. I mean, besides those four straight home runs, he hit the walk-off, uh, walk-off hit right. in, like, in that game. He always comes through for them, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's a big confidence changer for a team when you feel like if we can just get to our guy, 
we're going to be okay. Yeah. And that does a lot of things for a ball club. You know, it really makes them, you know, like the Phillies don't have that problem because they've got so many good hitters now in their lineup. That lineup is you so know. strong. I mean, yeah. I mean, I looked at that lineup and I shook my head. I'm going, I think it's, the, I, think I think it's old. the best lineup right. in baseball. It's like, it's like looking at uh, Boston last year, Yeah, you know, where you're just like, you, you, like, who do I pitch to? You know, I mean, like I'm, I'm eight batters in and I haven't gotten a break. You exactly. Know? So I think yeah, um, the Yankees are a close second when they're healthy. But I think the Phillies probably have the best lineup top to bottom. I don't and then know. We got, I think the Rockies, if they would turn things around, they could be considered in that conversation. But I would not go along with that only because last year their batting average never got good. They were always bad. And that's something that they talked about, like, you know, how they fixed that problem. Because the Rockies used to always be a great hitting team. And they haven't been yeah. now for two seasons straight. And they're looking like a bad hitting team again this year. Um, it's too it's early, but boy, they had what well, they have like a four game stretch where they scored two runs or something like that. It was just it's yeah. It's the bad. problem with the Rockies right now is they just strike out all the time. That's yeah. all they do: strike out, they strike do. out, strike out. They're, they're a home runner, a strikeout, and that that's that's tough. That's that, you know, they need them on not, base. But, but they only have two home runs on the season going into yesterday, so I don't oh. think they're getting very many of those. Right, and Ouch. they got and they better be careful, man. They could find themselves in a deep hole. The Dodgers rolling and San Diego stays strong. Whew, they could find themselves in a in a pitfall uh, pretty early on. And by the way, Nate, let's not forget our bet between the Reds and the Padres. Padres have five wins and the Reds have one, so I'm feeling good. Uh, one week into our, oh, we got uh, a little side board. action here. <laughs> Unfortunately, no bet, but uh, uh, okay. just a wait, just a friendly wager, not a not a money wager. No crossing swords. Uh, <laughs> Michael Franco is third in total points. Boy, I tell you what, that's a that's a little bit of a shock to me. I think that'll come back to earth. It might He's just got show that nice lineup in. protection. <laughs> I think because he, isn't he batting really low in the lineup, like like seven or eight? Uh, yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be at least six, if not seven. If nothing else, just a really low stress, you know, from no longer being the man. Uh, Ketel Marte is way up there at number four. That is only because of the grand slam yesterday. Without that, uh, he wouldn't have nearly as many points. Although he's having, I, I suppose, Polanco's got to be up there too. Uh, uh, Franco's actually uh, he's sitting eighth. Polanco is now nah, Polanco's like uh, like fifteen or sixteen. So he hadn't done much before then, I guess. Um, his batting average is good, but his his other counting stats are all low, especially RBI. Yeah, really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, He's only got one RBI on the whole season. That's, well, that's the, a big... the, the Twins are in first place, though. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not counting. Saying that he's not playing well, I'm just saying his counting stats yeah. for fans are not very no, high. Um, Mike Trout is the next on the list. No shock there. Then Colton Wong. This has got to be a goof, right? I mean, this guy. I don't know. I mean, there was a time when this guy was really hyped, and then he just has never done anything. Maybe he's adjusting the smoke, but. Uh, I, I can't say that I agree with that. Uh, we're down to like almost 90 seconds here. Uh, real quick for pitching. I don't know if I want to see in the pitching lineup. Uh, starting off is DeGrom. No shock there. The guy's an absolute stud. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, who I actually picked up because why not? Just give it a, give it a run. Uh, he's number two in overall because he hasn't run out of run yet. Uh, that's staggering. Uh, Jun Ryu is number three. He's Pitching for the Dodgers, that's going to go well. Lucchesi for San Diego, that's one of those sleepers that we were talking about. He's looking fantastic. Tyler Glass now, I talked about picking him up from uh, Marco Gonzalez in Seattle. Jose Barrios 
in Minnesota, pitching fantastic so far. Might give Nate three wins in one week for his fantasy team. Uh, Strasburg, Trevor, Trevor Bauer, Mike Fears. Mike Fears, damn it. I just never trust that guy, and he's, dang it, I should have picked him up. Josh Hader is in the top 12 of overall pitchers, and he's a reliever. So it just goes to show you kind of season that he's already having and uh, could be a fantastic year on tap for him. Might even challenge for a Cy Young as a reliever, which is always an interesting kind of thing. Looks like we're down to about 30 seconds. Any parting words before we say goodbye for the afternoon? Uh, War Eagle. War Eagle. How about you, Nate? Uh, No baseball cards. (laughs) Poor guy. We put on. All right, we're down to 10 seconds. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody, and enjoy the wonderful weather if you're out here in Colorado. Offensive out.